It sounded fine. Yeah. So like, wait a minute. There's a shot here in addition to the drink. What's going on? Huh? What is this? Huh? <laughs> what? Oh my god. Okay. Shut up. I kind of want to sing. What do you want to sing? What's that? I don't know. <clears throat> How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. As the sailor said, quote, quote, ain't that I got a cookie stuck in, in my boat. throat. <laughs> my head keeps spinning. <laughs> Breathe. I, it was like way back here. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. Oh, my God. My head keeps spinning. Okay, okay. Spinning. I can speak now. <laughs> I can speak Is again. <laughs> So that's why you don't eat cookies before the podcast. <laughs> just wait, bro. Just wait. Just wait. Okay, we are a podcast that pairs amazing cocktails with amazing movies. And Zenobia has made us two uh, cocktails tonight. Well, one why? is just... Well, one is the cocktail and the other one is something I made and I wanted you to try it. You made it for me? Yes. <gasps> I feel so honored. Okay. So adorable. Well, let's just start this shit. All right. Okay, so. How you doing? How you doing? I'm a little tired, but running on coffee. He has a lot of energy right now. I am straight up full. We had a big Italian dinner. Italiano. (laughs) Shout out to Palermo's over on uh, Vermont in Los Feliz. Fantastic place. If you guys have not tried it, you need to. They will treat you like family. It was good. Yeah, when you're there, you're family for reals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. That's where uh, they probably, what is it called? Uh, Olive Garden. Olive Garden. I was going to say breadsticks. <laughs> What's the breadsticks? That breadsticks place. They do have bombers. They straight up stole Palermo's real slogan. <laughs> you walk in and some dude named Giuseppe just meets you. He's like, look at you, huh? Oh, eat. You need to eat. You look so thin. Dude, they're so great there. Well, yeah, we ate in theme of this movie. Yes, we did. And so this drink that we have upon us is called The Good Fella. That's what it's called? This is exactly <gasps> what it's called. I did not make this up. That is awesome. So what we got in our cup here. You're going to like this guy. He's a good He's a good fella. He's a good guy. He's a wise <laughs> guy. He's a good fella. He's a friend of ours. So um, it's one ounce whiskey. One ounce whiskey. One ounce scotch. Okay. One ounce cognac. That yak. And half an ounce limoncello. Wow. And you're going to put it in a rocks glass with a whiskey ball, ice ball like we have here. And you're going to shake it up. And that's what the good fellas. This is shaken? Yes. Okay. Not stirred. Fuck no. So. I'm stirring shit. Let's try this. I haven't tried it. All right. Let's try this. Cheers, sis. Cheers. You, you filled mine up to the brim. Mine too. Ooh. That's nice. 
That actually is pretty good. That's really nice. I like that. Dude. I fucks with this. Uh-huh. A lot. Oh, that's a good drink, you guys. The good fella is a damn good drink. I was You're going to like not, it. It's a good fella. I didn't know. It was a lot of alcohol, and I was like, <laughs> Dude. I would order this at a bar. Yes. Okay, so. Hey, but then, you know how to make a good fella? You just tell them what's in it, and if they got it, mm-hmm. let them make it. Lemoncello is probably going to be a little difficult to come by. People garnish with a lemon wedge, but I was being stingy. Yeah. Actually, I forgot about it, so we don't have a lemon wedge. <laughs> My friend, make me. Oh, hi, babe. Smashley's in the building, and I think she burr, wants burr, a drink. Burr. Yeah, come try this. You want to try this, babe? You got to get in the camera. Mm. <laughs> She's not about it. <laughs> that's good. really good all right so you ready for a little bit of her story on the good fella yes and on limoncello on the good ship so on the good ship i'm sorry i'm out of my mind tonight he is filling himself <laughs> i'm suited up yo he's suited and booted <laughs> he's ready he's, he looks good I, uh, good. I thought I'd dress up for the occasion. I'm sorry that I did not tell you. You did earlier. not tell me earlier. I apologize. It's I'm just been wearing a my notorious week. shirt, so I, I feel like that's a theme. You are notoriously good at making drinks. Thank you. So this drink <sighs> came from a cookbook. What? Yes. Called Pinot Pasta and Parties by Paul Sol- Giamatti Sorvano. Savarno, who you might know as Polly from this movie. Love it. Him and his wife, uh, Dee Dee, wrote this book and it has a bunch of Italian recipes in it. And this is a cocktail that he has in there called The Goodfellas. Oh, after the movie that he is okay. in. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. That's, that's really cool. I, I like that a lot. I was like, well, I, well now I have to do it because the full. Okay, so his name is Paul Sorvino. Sorvino. Yeah. I was... You were, the, you were close. I was in the neighborhood. I just wanted to clarify just because the man made the drink. And I'm sorry. And we're talking about your movie. Paulie, I apologize. I apologize. Please don't go like, I'm, you know, sorry, whacking Paulie. me on them. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to try my best to not do an Italian accent, but it's going to happen all over this fucking movie. Hey, what do episode. you want from me, huh? <laughs> I'm a wise guy. I don't have the best, but I'm going to try so um just go with it i'm just gonna go with it and the more i drink this i know i'm gonna have a better accent (laughs) okay so limoncello limoncello it is a lemon liqueur okay and it is said that it's come from italy and it's come from um different stories like some say that it came from monks that used to drink uh this in between like in between prayers and shit prayers and shit like that okay then there's also that people like soldiers and fishermen used to drink this to ward off scurvy so i'm sorry did you say scurvy 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 yes there was there was pirates (laughs) out there drinking this shit and so they made this so this limoncello that we are drinking today, I personally made. Yes, you did. So I went and looked at a lot of different recipes and videos and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I figured out how to do it. 
Okay. So I took a mason jar that holds about like two cups worth of liquid. And I got four really huge lemons from my neighbor across the street. Thank you, neighbor. And and I uh, skinned them really like peel them really fine and you want to peel it so that there's not so much white of the rind on there you just uh, want it just like okay. kind of the pure of the just the, the citrus mm-hmm. and gotcha. you, i put all of those in the jar i squeezed some lemon juice in there and then i filled it up with vodka and oh I did this on, shit i did this on monday wait one two three Three, four, we're drinking four different types yeah. of alcohol tonight. Yeah. In addition to having wine at dinner. Yeah. Oh, I'm calling out sick to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you do that. And I did this on Monday. So you're supposed to let it sit out somewhere like warmish, room temperature-ish. And okay. I let it sit there. And every day I would go and give it a nice good shake. Okay. How many days have you been like? This is the fourth day. Oh, shit. So when I got here... Look at you. (laughs) Look at you, huh? Uh, You know. (laughs) So when I got here, I made simple syrup. And um, I put a little lemon juice in the simple syrup as well. Okay. And I poured that into a larger mason jar and I shook the shit out of it. Do you guys see? Do you see (laughs) what she goes through for this podcast? Yeah. yeah. The dedication. The dedication. The love Mm -hmm. that she puts into these drinks. Thank you. And it absolutely shows. Like, you guys could try to make these at home, but if you don't put that kind of love into it. You don't put the love in. You don't get that mm, Mm. feeling. So... (laughs) I did all that. Um, I shook it and I put three tablespoons of honey in there. Okay. Shook it up and I just put it in the freezer. Now you're supposed to sh- strain the lemons out before you put all the simple syrup and shit in there. Mm-hmm. But I really want to taste it in like a week. So sure. I just poured the simple syrup in there and strained out all the other shit. Okay. So. So, like, in a week, I could try it, and it's going to taste a little better. I got you. So, that's what the shot is, that's if you want to try shot this. This limoncello. Limoncello. All right. Cheers. Cheers. To, cheers to you. Cheers to us. Oh, fuck, I'm nervous. <laughs> Wait, I got my little Jessica Rabbit going on here. Hey, now. I mean, you didn't have to shoot it, but. Oh, was I not supposed to? You can sip on it. You can shoot it. It's actually good for your digestive system. So after that huge meal that we just had, this is going to be good for that. So we're going to have to finish this podcast in like 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So that is how you made limoncello and I made homemade one. So you can too. That wasn't uh, wasn't bad at all. It's very sweet. I was nervous about the vodka, but like I couldn't taste any of it. Right. That was really good. Mm -hmm. Good. So. It was sweet, uh, citrusy, just like smooth. Yeah. And you can just sip on it. People put it in like a cognac glass and just get the little sip on. Like I still did that like Mm -hmm. thing, but you know, I'm a bitch. Yeah. You could put it in (laughs) the freezer. Thanks for agreeing with me. (laughs) Yeah. You're a bitch. (laughs) Big fat bitch. Big old bitch. Biggest bitch in the whole wide world. (laughs) (laughs) Chase is a bitch. He's a big fat bitch. He's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. I love podcast day. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so in the late 1800s, early 1900s, when a bunch of Italian people were moving here to America, mm-hmm. this is one of the things that they brought with them because it was very simple and easy to make. Gotcha. 
there's distillers out there in Italy that have been there for like 40 years, 75 years. Where still making like, it exactly Still the same. making it the same way. But you can make it at home for super cheap. You can um, have it soak in the vodka and the lemon peels for like four days up to about a month. And I guess the month one probably makes it super rich. Gotcha. And when you buy like more of American made ones of these, they add a lot of like processed stuff and food coloring to get it that color. Or you could just make it at home by yourself. Okay. Um, so yeah. So then it started becoming popular in the 40s because of mobsters who started owning Italian restaurants and bars. Yep. And what they wanted at their bars and restaurants. I'm sorry. I still got food. <laughs> coming up in my body see this limoncello is gonna help you out well, my body's done it's like jason relax you're you're doing too much <laughs> and that's a little bit about the limoncello mm-hmm. i'd never heard of i knew what the fuck it was until this week and now i made my own it's really good and cheers in this drink too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this drink is mm-hmm. really good oh so that's a little bit of her story. Might be my new favorite drink. On the Goodfellas and the Limoncello. The Goodfellas. Thank you, Paul Servino. Thank you. I didn't even know mm-hmm. that you had this cookbook, but I want it now. <laughs> but you have some fine, like... Sauces. You know how to make sauce? <sighs> you know, sauce for macaroni. Yes. Different movie. We're not doing that movie today. <laughs> but uh, have we told the people what movie we're doing? Um, If you didn't guess by if the name of yet, the guys. drink, because I picked this movie because I've been trying to... F- there's really no like literally as long as we've done this show i've wanted to do a gangster movie gangster yeah okay and so now we this is my first one you know you look like a gangster <laughs> look hey, at my Mom, shoes aren't look, they great aren't they great look at my shoes aren't they great my god you look like a gangster <laughs> yep we're doing so, good fellas people we're doing good fellas mm. I have the music in my head. I've had the music in my head all fucking week. Me too. It's Me too. so good. Soundtrack be bumping. So good. Um, let and me it's not you. even like the same style. It's like eclectic music. Well, because it goes through the times. Yeah. His songs, the songs that he, Scorsese plays just mm-hmm. goes through the time periods from the 50s all the way to the 80s so mm-hmm. that you you feel like you're engulfed in that time period. And he does yep. that in a lot of other movies. Of course. As well. Um. Let me hit you with the stats. I ain't scared of these stats at all. Okay, good. So, <laughs> um, Goodfellas came out September 21st, 1990. Okay. Dropping. So, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> 30 years ago, yeah. Um, and the budget was $25 million, which if Healthy. you made that into today's money, that'd be $49 million. That'd be only Robert De Niro's fee. <laughs> $25 million. Um, And it made $46 million, which in today's money is like $91 million. So it doubled its money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, not what I expected. I thought it might have made a lot more. That's because this puts them on the map. Yeah, that's true. Like and this after was... that, people made sure that they were there. Mm-hmm. You know? I see. So, um, Rotten Tomatoes. Really? You ready? Why are you laughing? 
critics, uh huh, ninety six percent. Fucking right. Audience, ninety seven percent. Yeah, buddy. Zenobia, a hundred percent again because this movie is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is so well told. It is not only so well told, but it's about eighty to ninety percent accurate to the story, the mm-hmm. true story of to the actual story, Henry Hill's life. Yes, so this and movie is based off of a book. You guys, if you don't know, are you? No, I'm. I'm setting it up. You just got to knock it out. <laughs> Hold on. There's a whole page on the book, girl. Gosh, you I told me it. you only wrote three pages. I did, and one of them is about the book, okay? Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> I did. Look, look. One, <laughs> two, three. Front and okay, back. Okay, four, four, four. <laughs> I lied. I had four. I'm sorry. Okay, but yeah, this movie is just... I'm sorry, Jimmy. Some So well... So. so perfectly crafted. Crafted. You're engulfed in this world. It's another mm-hmm. movie that I just love. I just love. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Every attention to detail has been addressed. And it, uh, there, uh, a quote from Mr. Paul Servino in regards to our great director, Martin Scorsese, when he did not win best director for this movie. Mm. Uh, said that it was a, I think he said it was a crime. He said, what does a guy have to do? Departed. Yeah, he did win. <laughs> he did win for Departed. I don't remember who won in 1990, but damn if he didn't deserve it. He has deserved it so many times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, this one, it's just so beautifully. I, I believe that this movie helped me fall in love with film. Yeah. Not just movies, but film. Sure. And making of it and just, you know, looking at it, it's not just watching another mobster movie, you know, which there are some really beautifully ones, like uh, Godfather is sure. really beautifully done, but it's more like theatrical uh-huh. than like real. Yeah. And this one makes you feel like, dang, these fucking dudes. Yeah. And um, that was kind of Scorsese's thing. He did not want to make just another mobster movie yeah he wanted it to be as accurate as possible not only to the book but to how he experienced it growing up and what he witnessed all right all right before we get all up in this you know what time it is let's grab this fucking good fella i don't know what time it is i've been drinking we'll grab that drink got it and get ready for the motherfucking drinking Drinking game yes the motherfucking drinking game the motherfucking drinking game. Dude, I don't know if you can take a simp on this one. You might just want to take a sip. All right. Because you want to, not not just because you've got three different forms of alcohol in here, but because you just kind of want to savor this thing. So good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Okay, I was worried about the drink, but this one is pretty good. I'm a little worried about the drinking game. You should be because this movie's pretty long. <laughs> And I picked some really good uh, drinks. Okay. Okay. So take a sample or a sip, however you feel. Um, when someone gets killed. Yikes. Um, if I'm not mistaken of how many kills, there's 10. And I'm not saying that you just see the killing, but you see the body. Okay. Because when 
when fucking Jimmy is cleaning up and you start finding bodies uh-huh. in trash cans and fucking freezers. Yep. Those ones count as well. So take those samples. Okay. Mm. I don't know if it's only 10. I think there's more than that. There might be more than that. There's, I'm pretty sure there's more than that. But that's a good one. There you go. Um, you're going to take one simp when the guys are at the diner, the oh. airline diner. Oh, okay. I got you. So when they're there, he's like, you know, still in trucks, waiting for phone calls, doing meetings. So, not to interrupt you, but 1990s winner was Oliver Stone for Born in the Fourth of July. I saw it. I liked it. I think Martin Scorsese should have won. I was about to say, Oliver Stone, you will be on this list because Natural Born Killers is... We love you. <laughs> One However... of my sorry, sorry, sorry. That's Thank you for bad. that fun fact. I like that. Okay, so you're going to take one simp when someone says, pay me or pay him. Oh, okay. Oh, it was a bad week? Fuck you. Pay, pay me. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you can't do that? Fuck you. Pay me. Uh-huh. Oh, we- the house burned down, huh? Fuck, Fuck you. Pay, pay me. Business bad? Fuck you. Pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you. Pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you. Pay me. And when you can't borrow any more money... You light a match. <laughs> and you set that motherfucker on fire. I love their conversation in the car. It's like, I haven't even asked you yet. No. Some Drew Bond. Can you believe this? She doesn't want to go over to Italian. Prejudice against Italians. Can you fucking believe I do a that? lot of favors for you, Henry. I'm trying to bang this broad. Come <laughs> Can on. Can you help me out? Can you help me out? <laughs> fucking joke. They're like, oh shit, the place is burning. We gotta go. <laughs> you see? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... Take a simp. Okay. You're also going to take a simp. This one's going to get ready to get fucked up. When someone gets hit or kicked. What do you want, fucko? You want something? Huh? Oh, hey. Mm. Wait a minute. What about all the times that yeah. uh, Jimmy is kicking somebody? You just got to keep the glass up? Yeah. Fuck up my in my shoes. Okay. Because he's getting hit and he's getting kicked. When they're stomping out fucking Billy, Billy Bats. Uh-huh. Where he's fucking... Henry goes across the street to the neighbor and beats the shit out of mm-hmm. that motherfucker. I swear to God, oh my mother, if you touch her again, you're, you're dead. dead. You're dead, you hear me? <laughs> Don't shoot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that little fucking I know. guy. Well, I'd be scared too. This guy, we're just sitting here fixing the homie's fucking car. Yeah. And this dude but... shows up out of nowhere. It got real, real quick. Uh-huh. They were, oh, touch. Yeah. <laughs> Some girls would have left as soon as their boyfriend... Gave them a gun to hide. But I, I gotta it. admit, it turned, turned me on. on. Oh my god. She's it so could, good. What kind of turned me on to? Fucking movie. I know. Okay, so you're gonna take a simp mm-hmm. when someone has a drink. Nice. Drink on the house. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Drinks around the house. <laughs> I like when uh, when they're in jail and he pulls out the wine and Paulie's like, all right, now we can eat. Now we can eat. <laughs> we got the wine. <laughs> That's pretty good. You take a snap when Henry gets busted by the cops. Hey, here he is, here he is. Oh, you broke your cherry. So this happens about three times. Yeah. Hey, you broke your cherry. (laughs) Dude, it's like, for them, it's like going to fucking graduate school. Don't say a word. You know? Never rat on your friends. Mm -hmm. Look at me. He's like, I thought you'd be mad. Never rat on your friends. (laughs) Are you mad? What are you talking about, man? I'm proud of you. Proud of you. They were, <laughs> even Polly was there waiting for him. Hey. Everybody was out there, dude. They're like, Henry, 
Henry Hillier? Oh, yeah, we gonna go to this. And they gave him the shady fucking <laughs> Wait a lawyer. Minute, little Henry got pinched. Hey, he's graduating. He's sitting there putting fucking 20s down in his fucking pocket. Dude, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna take a simp every time Henry does drugs. Ooh, okay. This is coke. This is pills. fucking pills. So Popping those pr- pills. He's fucking taking those Norcos like it's like candy mm-hmm. over here like he's Wolf of Wall Street. So anytime he does that shit. Another Scorsese movie. You like that? <laughs> Just a little. Thank you. Zenobia fades back. Well, one, Scorsese is one of my fucking favorites. Yeah. So I'm very excited that, to have him on our show. Mm-hmm. Like he's a guest. Come on out, Martin Scorsese. Marty, everybody. I just want to thank you for being here. I know thank you didn't you. want to say much on this podcast, but just you being here is just fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, your mic's not working? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. We hear you. He's just here to, to grade us. <laughs> you ever seen him just sit there and not say something? Come on. <laughs> no, he talks so fast. <laughs> he talks so fast. I would love people who talk fast mm-hmm. think fast. They think fast, and I can. They keep me on my toes because I got to be listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're gonna take one simp when Henry names a new wise guy. Mm. So when he's going through the body, he's uh-huh. naming all the people. Yeah, there was Jimmy. And Tommy and me, and there was Anthony Stabile, How you doing? Frankie Carbone. He's naming Polly's brother, and the people who own this, and the people who own that, and all the people. All the people. Uh-huh. That was bad. I like when that's a nice, like, uh, just romanticizing of the mm-hmm. lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, everybody's got a, a nickname, everybody's got their first name, everybody's got a nickname, yeah. and it's like, uh, What's two times? Jimmy two times. I'm Jimmy go two, get the papers, papers. Get the papers. And Jimmy two times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice. Like, I'm gonna go get the papers. Get the papers. I love their all and their they responses. All, all their personalities are in their name. He's like, yeah, you know, I I talked to that guy. You know, yeah, I, I took care of that thing for that you. That thing for you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, when I see him, I'm gonna get him. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you guys talking about? <laughs> I love him. So all those dudes, and that goes throughout. The whole movie, mm-hmm. he pretty much talks about everybody. So. That makes me wonder if De Niro borrowed that when uh, they did A Bronx Tale. Because they do a he similar thing that, yeah. in A Bronx Tale. I mean, he learned from the best. Yeah. <laughs> With Frankie Coffee Cake and Jimmy Whispers and all those guys. Mm-hmm. He may have just borrowed that from Scorsese. I like it. It's it's a good you know if you're gonna borrow well it's borrow the, best the best way to you know introduce your characters mm-hmm. and even throw away characters <laughs> you know all most of the people he names we never see him again <laughs> we see yeah, like all we the, see some of them like that one shot of him going through the bar and you introducing everybody yeah we don't see anybody we don't see Jimmy two times we again see, we see the first two or three uh-huh. people but that's it yeah after that they're just you know. Part of the gang. Like we see homeboy that was in the wedding singer mm-hmm. afterwards. You yeah. know, all those guys. Yeah, he stays around. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, so until gonna... he ends up in the freezer. Yeah. Oh my god. So you're gonna take a sample when Jimmy pays people off. So when he's handing out twenties, uh-huh. Yeah, you know. Sticking twenties in the guy's wallet. Wallet. You may know who we are, but we know who you are. We know who you are. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, he was paying uh the bartender to keep the ice cold. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when he's paying people off, 
He has Henry in fucking 20, which I looked up, and in 1955-56, $20 was like 180 bucks. Yeah. So he just handed you 180 bucks uh, just because. Yep. I like when he shows up to the table. Here we go, guys. The Irishman's here to take all you guineas money, and then he throws down like a G. Mm-hmm. Can I give you a fun fact before I forget about the, about the money? Go for it. Uh, all the money in this movie was real. <laughs> because Robert De Niro did not like the... F- the feel of fake money, which I don't Dude. blame him. So the prop master took like about $5,000 of his own money uh-huh. and had it as prop. So at the end of every scene, no one could leave set until all, all the money, money was, was counted, counted for. Dude, that's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you going to finish your drink when... Tommy is a funny guy. <laughs> Yo, you're a funny guy. That's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. What do you mean I'm funny? Like, haha? Like, like I'm ha-ha a clown? Funny? Like, the way I talk? Am I here to amuse you? <laughs> no, I'm just saying no, that, no, like... No, he's a big boy. He can speak for himself. Dude, I'm just it's saying, such like, a the, fucking great scene. The way you told the story, it's like, you know, funny. Funny how? That's it. <laughs> he's like, no, like, he's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I almost had him. Yeah, he, <laughs> was he not shivering he was over shivering there? Yeah, stuttering, I don't know, I, Henry. You may fold under questioning. questioning. <laughs> You're a funny guy. So, I like when he dives on him. You really no, are a no. funny guy. <laughs> He's like, no, no, and he like fucking jumps on him. <laughs> you know how to put that in there. It's one of oh, my it's favorites. fucking great. I'm gonna tell you a little something about it later. Okay. <laughs> um, you gonna finish your drink? <laughs> What the fuck? Because this is another one of my fucking favorites. And me and your sister have been saying this to each other all week, okay? Oh, hi, sis. So you're going to finish your drink when Karen goes to 2R to yell at Janice Rossi <laughs> and 2R. You are a whore. Oh, my God. Is this a superintendent? Yes, I want you to know, sir, that you have a whore living in 2R. Oh, my God. That is literally one of my favorite. Oh, Jesus. You stay away from my husband. Get your own goddamn husband. <laughs> yep. Janice Rossi. That's fucked up. And two uh, All right. So <laughs> Let her do it. Let her do it. Let her bring all this shit in for you. He's like, are you kidding, Karen? All right. So Dude. You gonna finish your drink when they go into witness protection. Oh. And it's all over. Yep. That's when you go finish it. You're like, oh shit. No. I almost said the 80s because the 80s, as soon as it becomes 1980s, I like hate the movie. I'm like, damn it, y'all fucked everything up. I mean, you don't fuck. I don't hate the movie. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. It is a hell of a drug. <laughs> it fucks you up your life. Stop doing all those drugs. It's fucking up your brain. Mm hmm. <laughs> They're in your mind into mush. Mush. I knew um, he didn't, wasn't going to take the guns. I knew he didn't want to take the guns. But he made me go buy the guns. Uh-huh. He's all pissed. I'm not paying for this. <laughs> but I can, you know. He's all in his bathroom. My Pittsburgh Connect loves guns. He'll take them. He'll take them. <laughs> so, um, you got anything to add? Uh, do I have anything to add? I don't know if I do. Um, I, I did a good, good one. one. I did a good one. Oh, I do have one. What? I have one. So this is more of a uh, filmmaker's uh, thing. Oh, my God. But take a simp anytime that there's a extreme close-up on something. So I'm talking about 
when there's an extreme close-up on the hammer of the gun. There's an extreme close-up on the garlic getting sliced. And he used to slice it so thin that it used to liquefy in the pan with just a little oil. Okay. There's an extreme close-up on the key going into the keyhole, that kind of stuff. Because Martin Scorsese loves doing that, and I think it's fucking fantastic. And I will accept, uh, it's not quite an extreme close-up, but it still qualifies like when he hands off the gun to Karen, the bloody gun. Okay. That's still a close-up. All right. So anytime there's a close-up. Extreme close-up. Take a drink. Sip it up. Mm-hmm. So that is the motherfucking drinking game. The motherfucking drinking game. <laughs> Oh, I miss Seth. <laughs> Seth, come back. You would really like this drink, too. He would. He would really, like he would this. really enjoy this drink. I got you next time you come. Mm-hmm. So. I was trying so hard not to interrupt the drinking game because there was so many things. And I was like, oh, I know something about that. But we'll get to all of it. <laughs> this movie is another one that has a shit ton of fun facts. So much. So, so much that be, we're not going to get to. Don't, don't be blame mad. us, people. It's on our minds, but the fact of the matter is you're not going to sit here with us for four and a half hours. You might, but I don't want to because I'm going to get extra drunk. Yeah, and your boy's got work tomorrow. And I got more drinking to do. Drinking to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Alright, so before we start talking about this fantastic movie... I want to talk about this book. Okay. You ready? Tell me about the book. So in 1985, author Nicholas... Bats. Just kidding. <laughs> Pelegi. Show me. Pelegi. Pelegi. I was... Yeah, girl. I did it. Burr, burr, burr. Say it with confidence. I know. You know how I am with the names. As soon as I say her name, I'm like... Hmm. And the movie director was Martin Scorsese. Like, even if I know it, I feel like I don't even know it. I mean, okay. it's Scorsese. See? Already fucking it up. But everybody calls him Scorsese. Um, you know what I'm going to call him? Marty. Ooh. Yes. Marty. <laughs> so, Nicholas Pelegi, um, he pulled, he's a true crime writer, and mm-hmm. he wrote this book about... Henry Hill, Hill, based on a true story, and it's called Wise Guy: Life in the Mo- in the Mafia Family. Okay. So what we are seeing is this movie. My life. I know. So Dude, I'm trying not that's to. That's pretty much the song that's been in my mind. Life is but a dream. Mm, you do it so much better than I do. <laughs> Okay, so Henry Hill, he was born in 1943 in Brooklyn, and he was one of six kids. Brooklyn! Stand up. <laughs> and he he didn't have a good early childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, he suffered from dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, and back then no one knew what that shit was. Nope. No one knew how to handle that. So He's he, hyper. They just thought he was a fuck up in class and uh-huh. didn't want to learn when he just had problems learning. Mm-hmm. Like myself, who is also dyslexic. So mm-hmm. um, so when he was in school, he was fucking up and his no one was there to help him. So his dad started to abuse him, like they show in the movie. And this is all because, you know, he didn't... 
Because he wasn't excelling in class. Yes. That's some fucking bullshit. Uh, Henry said that he didn't learn his alphabet until he was in his 20s. So that kind of shows you that he... That's extreme dyslexia. I mean, back then, they didn't have, you they know... They didn't know how to address it. Yeah, they didn't have the phonics of mm -hmm. showing people who have a learning disability an easier way for them to memorize these things. They Couldn't. just thought, hey, this motherfucker just don't want to try. Telling you people that hooked on phonics... I did, did it as a child. Hooked on I sure did. Dude, I the remember whole box that. set. Mm -hmm. It helped me read. It did. Bro. And look here. I'm on this show fucking up names. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is spelled correctly, though. <laughs> so, hooked on phonics. Yes. So, this kind of fucked him up on his, you know, growing up. Sure. And he got a job that he loved working at the. the Taco stand. Ta a taxi stand across okay. the street. <laughs> that was actually at a young tough. age. And the reason why this meant so much to him is because at home and at school, he's told that he's a fuck up and he's a loser and he's this and he's that. Mm -hmm. And when he's working with these people, they're telling him, you know, add a boy, you're yeah. good, you're he's doing getting good. that positive reinforcement he's that he's it. been craving. He has been craving that shit. All that okay. respect that he wanted. Is basically what he hit it. I got so, you. So uh, he pops this cherry at 16, getting busted. And, you know, he learned the ways. The ways of, of the wise guys. Of the, of the wise guys. Okay. Um, But in 1960. I got to lose this jacket. It's get, too fucking hot. Get it off. I'm yeah. not a wise guy. Hey. And I used to wear these suits I got some day. friends that want to see you take your shirt off. So. The fuck? <laughs> they talk about how cute you are. Huh, it's I not know where I thought this conversation was gonna go. Know. You're taking something off. That's, that's <laughs> where my mind goes. So, um, around 1960, Henry was like, "Yo, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here, and I kind of don't want to do this wise guy life anymore." So he joins the Air Force. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. See, not part of the movie, but uh, he joins the Air Force, and he pretty much gets in trouble for fighting. Huh. He's a bad boy out there. And, Once a wise guy, always a wise yep. guy. And he gets discharged in 1963, and he moves back, and he starts- Falls right back into it. Falls right back into it. Uh -huh. But that's pretty much a little bit about the book. I do want to read it. I would love to read it. It so. sounds like a fantastic book. And it sounds like one of those books that if you just come across it, you have to finish it, yeah. according to what I have learned about it so far. Being that one of my favorite movies is based off of this book, I'm so willing to fucking yeah, absolutely read it. And I mean, Martin Scorsese himself said that he didn't want to do another uh, mobster movie, mm -hmm. and then he read this book and was like, "Okay, if I can create this movie, that could be something." Martin got a hold of this book. Uh huh. Love this fucking book. Mm -hmm. So he cold called the writer. Yep. And he was like, hey, girl. That's not what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Martin Scorsese has ever said hey, girl in his life. I'm sure he has. <laughs> not to another man, but he's probably said hey, girl to some girl. Um, he said, I just want to say hey, girl again, but I won't. <laughs> he said, hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> I've been waiting for this book my entire life. Mm. And Nicholas said, 
I've been waiting for this phone call my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it was done from there. They were like, we doing this shit. Mm-hmm. There was no official deal made, but at the same time, there was a verbal deal made. There like, was official he's deal. He's like, I can't like buy your uh, stuff right here, right now. But he's like, that's all right. But I'm coming for it. Yeah. It was almost like one of those Jerry Maguire moments where it's like, you know, I don't do contracts, but you have my word and yeah. it's stronger than oak. Fucking liar. I was about to say, that's a bad example. That motherfucking lied. <laughs> that was a bad This example. writer did not. <laughs> Fuck. He's like, what about your word? I love my son. What do you want from me? <laughs> you know what I want? To do fucking Jerry Maguire now. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, hello, somebody. Oh, that's a different Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. God I damn, my mind's all over the place. <laughs> Who's your motherfucker, Jerry? You're my motherfucker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they did. Uh, they started writing, and uh, Martin Scorsese worked with him, even though they had ne- he had never written a screenplay. So he felt... Uh, what's the writer's name? Nicholas Pelagi. Nicholas Pelagi. Uh, he felt uh, unequipped to write a screenplay, but they worked with it hand in hand, and they got it to where it needed to be, very gracefully. You know. I don't think I would feel bad. I. This is how I would feel, especially working with Marty. Uh-huh. I would be like, okay, all I have to do is get the bones of the script. Yeah. He's gonna change it. If any- anybody, he's gonna change know, it anyway. Is there to teach you the format of yeah. writing a script? Martin Scorsese would be the one. Beginning, However, he hadn't written a end. screenplay since Mean Streets. Scorsese? Yeah. But it doesn't mean he doesn't read them all no, goddamn day. of course. Day. Like, he knows his shit. I'm yeah. saying, like, he hadn't written one since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other things were uh, already written. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, I guess maybe... I wouldn't say that he hadn't felt as passionate about a movie since then that mm-hmm. he wanted to do. But... It's interesting that he chose this particular movie to be the one that he goes back to writing. What's your favorite Scorsese movie? Don't make me choose. Top three. Oh, fuck. Uh, Goodfellas is definitely up there. Departed is definitely up there. I love Casino, but at the same time, I love Wolf of Wall Street. I love Raging Bull. Um, those are the ones that just immediately come to my mind. Okay, let me stop before you say all of the movies and I don't have anything to say. <laughs> you will always have something to say. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, all the ones you named. Casino, definitely. Casino and Goodfellas go back and forth on which one is my favorite out of all of those. Because yeah, I think it's like that with a lot of they're people. They're so good. And they're like, I feel like... They're a continuation, even uh-huh. though it's completely different completely characters. Completely different characters, but they're in the same place. vein. They're in the same vein, but they're like you know in different states, and everything is different. You know, one is dealing with you know just stealing shit, mm-hmm. and the other one's dealing with skimmy money off of the fucking casino. They're two different things, but they are just so intertwined in my movie mm-hmm. that it just I fucking love it. But I also love Wolf of Wall Street. Aviator. Ugh. Oh, the Aviator. Yeah. Departed, obviously. Uh-huh. I love Cape Fear. I mean. Yeah. So Departed is the movie that Scorsese finally won his Oscar for. Yeah. Yeah. For Best Director. Um, Like you said earlier, Martin Scorsese is one of your favorite directors. He's also one of mine. He's one of the uh, directors that I study. Mm-hmm. Me too. 
you know, um, in terms of his way of doing things. He has, he's a master at immersing you in a world. Usually it's a mobster world, but at the same time, in Wolf of Wall Street, he does the exact same thing. Yeah. In Raging Bull, he does the exact same thing. Aviator? Uh-huh. Nothing he I even puts like you it. in that situation. And he does it very, very gracefully. Uh, he's a master at rhythm. Yeah. So uh, you'll notice that the music that he chooses isn't always congruent with the scene. So like some scenes, you got Jimmy and Tommy beating the shit out of somebody damn near killing them, mm-hmm. eventually killing them, whatever, what have you. But at the same time, it's uh, the song that is chosen is romantic, mm-hmm. you know? And it, in doing so, that juxtaposition of violence and a romantic song makes it very sad, but romanticized at the same time. It's just, you don't quite know how to feel. There's... He he does something that, you know, other directors like Quentin Tarantino do where mm-hmm. their songs are another part of a character in their movies. Yep. And their songs are so embedded in their films that when you hear the song, instead of thinking of the artist or even the video of what this is, you think of fucking... Mr. Yeah, you think of Mr. White cutting off fucking so or Mr. Blonde cutting off, you know, the dude's oh, ear. Oh yeah. Or you think about, you know, uh Joe Pesci coming into the cornfield and getting its fucking head bitten no, in with a bat, you know, you when House of the God, Rising that Sun is one comes of the in. Most- brutal things i've ever and seen anytime i hear camera. house of the rising sun no matter who the fuck sings that song that image comes in my head you know and he, he does that and he does that in this movie as well you know with all these mm-hmm. songs you hear them you're like oh, god you're so good you he's just so fucking you're so good. good you make me you bring me back to your movie when i haven't seen your movie in like a year mm-hmm. but the song comes on and now i'm back in your movie you know why he's so good why he's fucking prepared i know everything has has been addressed yeah every attention to detail like even when they're writing and he's getting ideas and he has somebody typing for him because apparently he writes uh longhand or freehand or whatever it's called (laughs) exactly just like you he has like a moment just like you Uh, so he'll have somebody else typing but he'll say like uh write this in right next to there and it's like it's the People don't know what it is, uh, but he knows what it is. So it could be like the name of a band or the name of a song or something like that. Like he is editing and creating the movie in his head long before the cameras start rolling. Yeah. So some of these shots, like what you were saying earlier, the uh, the shots where Jimmy is just killing everybody, they were playing the music on set while they were filming so that they can get the same rhythm because he knew what song he was putting into the edit afterwards. I do love it because they do a nice long shot of all the cops outside the truck. Like, what the fuck's going on? And then the truck, as soon as the camera gets there, the door's open. You go through, it's all cold. There's a bunch of meat hanging. And in the back right corner, we got a motherfucker hanging on a hook. Took two days to thaw him out. Yep. For the autopsy. For the autopsy. (laughs) Some real shit. Bodies were all over the place, man. And 
that's cool. I did not know that he plays the music because it is very like the scene that I just said. You know, it is very fluid and it mm -hmm. goes with the music so well. That wow, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Can I He's, give you a fun fact about Scorsese? Absolutely. Well, please, please give me a fun fact about Scorsese. You probably know this fun fact, but I'm gonna give it to you anyway. So, Martin Scorsese, uh, he grew up in the Bronx. The Bronx? I think it's the Bronx. Or Brooklyn. I think it's the Bronx. Anyway, um, to Italian-American parents who are super awesome. And he, as a kid, had asthma. Mm -hmm. And his mom, being the overprotective, loving Italian mom, was like, no. You are not going to go play stickball out in the fucking street. You're not about to go running around with your brother. Mm. So on Saturdays, she would take them to the movies. Mm. And every Saturday was his movie day. And that pretty much made him fall in love with film. He said that that was his weekend schooling. Yep. And so um, I relate to that. As like I told you, I have... Sunday night, Sunday movies that I would watch all Sunday, fall asleep to wake up, restart, mm -hmm. you know, go eat dinner, come back. You Why know? can't we do that anymore? Because we have jobs and Why shit. Why we gotta go to work and shit? <laughs> yeah. Dude. But I yeah. would love to wake up tomorrow morning leisurely yeah. and watch the next movie that we're putting on the podcast. With teenage, you. teenage me did that every Sunday. Oh. And one of the movies... Along with Casino and Take advantage, you crazy kids, you teenagers that don't have to work yep. just yet. Yep. Um, watch them movies. Watch them. Goodfellas. I did fucking uh, West Side Story, Gone with the Wind, Rent. These were the movies that were like on heavy rotation on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And this was one of them. We actually talked about this a couple weeks ago with Shawshank Redemption. The director yeah. said that every Sunday he would watch Goodfellas, Goodfellas. to help him with his the um, voiceover uh -huh. um, part of Shawshank and a bunch of other things. So I totally get it. Scorsese says that he's still, I don't know if still, but till quite recent, would still have Saturday uh, movie day with his daughters and their friends would come through, which I definitely, definitely would. And I would make my kid come. I'd be like, look, you better go over there and learn something from that fucking man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, so they get an education that they don't even realize is an education. So uh, can we talk about Mr. Scorsese a little bit? I thought even, we were. Yes, but even <laughs> even more so about his uh, his filmmaking and things. Uh, so apparently on this particular movie, he was very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. He paid attention to absolutely everything. Nothing could be, uh, he would send actors back if their wardrobe wasn't perfect. Okay. Uh, if their tie wasn't done right. If, oh, <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. Uh, he tied Ray Liotta's tie every single day because it had to be done correctly it had to be perfect and i mean I he made sure that robert de niro had a matching watch with every outfit that mm -hmm. he fucking had yeah because that's the way fucking jimmy was in real life dude yeah for sure not only that he believed that nobody knew how to iron and uh prepare the uh what was it the collar the collars of all the wise guys shirts uh-huh correctly other than his parents I was so his parents were on set every day, 
hooking up everybody's uh, ties and collars. I'm about to make a drink, but now I got to stop because you, you, you <laughs> opened Pandora's box and I'm ready to talk about it. So not only was his parents on set. Uh, Say it. Say it. Uh, pressing fucking collars, but they were also on set making food. Yeah, kinds of meat and meat for you got the veal, beef, and pork. Ah, good, but you got out the pork. Oh, that's, that's, that's the flavor. Yes. And not only do they make food for this, but made food for a lot of his movies. Like, Oh, really? Yeah. Even the ones that they weren't on or in, uh-huh. they would come and, you know, make food for the casting crew. Sure. Because they're just... You know, That's the parents that they were. Uh, what an Italian mom doesn't want people to eat. Uh-huh. A Absolutely. good one does. Absolutely. And his mom was a good one. Yeah. So um, not only were they doing that, but you see their faces in this movie. Mm-hmm. So Tommy's mom, mom so she's the fucking cutest. Tommy's mom <laughs> is in the movie. Um, Tommy's mom is Scorsese's mom in the movie. Woo. Started up, do it again. Just Have you been little, drinking a little bit? Just a lot of it. Just a lot of it. Um, yeah. So Tommy's <laughs> mom in the movie is Scorsese's real mom in real uh-huh. life. That cute little lovely lady. She's like, I can't, I can't not while he's in the house. Go to sleep. No, just I can't sleep. Stomach. Not while he's home. No, I haven't seen him so long. No. I want to see him. But you just go inside. No, yeah. no, I need to see him. I need to see I can't him. Sleep. No. He's yes. Here. What's with you, Henry? You never talk. Yeah. You remind me of this guy with, that used to meet with my parents all the time. And we'd be like, Frachenjo, how come you don't talk? You never say anything. And he goes, what am I supposed to say? That my wife two times me? And the wife goes, shut up. You're always talking. <laughs> but it's said in such a nice way. That's like in one Itali- of my... It's in Italian, so fucking cute, it's so dude. Nice. Yeah, she's the cutest. Uh-huh. And uh, apparently he didn't direct her or him. Uh, he just let them go and told the actors to improvise around them and work the story in. Do you know what he did tell his mama? What? He said, okay, so this scene. Your son's coming home. You haven't seen him in a long time. You cook for him. Uh-huh. You just spend time with them. She has no clue that they just killed somebody and that there is a body in the back. And so his mom has no clue that that's actually what's going on in this scene. Yeah. Until she sees the movie. Until she sees the movie. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the cutest it's thing really, ever? The only direction he gave her was uh, to lift up her painting and to show it to them. And, that the- and then they worked it into the movie. It's like somebody we know. <laughs> and you know who's painting oh. that? <laughs> that is Nicholas uh Pizan. Fuck now I don't remember his name is. Pelegi. Pelegi. Nicholas Pelegi. Uh-huh. His mom painted that. Oh, that's sweet. All in the family in this one. All keeping it in the family. Speaking of it. in the family, not only is Mama Scorsese in this movie, mm-hmm. but so is Papa Scorsese. Yes, he is. And you see him twice in this movie. Dude, he's fucking He awesome. is the old man with the big ass glasses in the prison who's making the sauce. Mm-hmm. He's I like, felt he used too many onions, but it was still he's a like, very good sauce. Hey, not too much onions. I, I don't put too I didn't much put onion. too many onions. How many onions put? I put three small onions. And that's How that. many cans of tomato sauce? I put two cans. That's too many onions. Too many onions. <laughs> so yeah. So that is Scorsese's cute little dad. Uh-huh. And that sauce is made by his mom. The mm. sauce that is at the very end when um, Ray Leona's in the 80s worrying about his sauce. Uh-huh. My brother, I feel so Keeps bad. stirring he, the sauce. He, all he's been seeing has been looking out for helicopters and stirring sauce. Uh-huh. That sauce is made by his mom. Okay. Um, you also see the dad in the scene where Tommy gets his. Yep. 
he is one of the hitmen that takes Tommy out. Yes, so. he is. Of course, oh, he kept it goodness. on the family. I hope he paid his mama and daddy good. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I'm sure they got their sack cards and all that shit. They're in a lot of other things that aren't his as well. So Are they? I actually kind of looked, I think, her more than him. Catherine but, and Charles Gorsese. Scorsese. Scorsese. My apologies. I'm I've sorry. I've been drinking. I'm black. I'm not Italian. I'm sorry. I'm not Italian, but you know. I try to be every once in a while. <laughs> I look more Italian than I do Mexican. <laughs> I look more Mexican than Italian. <laughs> I, I, I'll take that. Okay, lap. <laughs> so yes, he did cast his mom as Tommy's mom. He cast uh, his dad as, uh, what was his name, Vinny? Daniel. I want to say his name was Vinny in the movie. Um and she never like faltered or got like starstruck when she was working with like Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro or anything like that. Apparently in her mind is like, my son's making a movie and these, these are, are his, his friends. friends. That's really cool of her. How many movies do you think that she's fucking catered to food for? How many of these people? Since he was probably in high school, I would say. Have come over to his house and constantly, oh yeah, mm-hmm. mom, this is my friend. Bobby, Bobby De Niro, mm-hmm. you know, he's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just making he's this. He's a friend of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I hope they showed up to their funerals because they did pass away, sadly. Yeah. But they were old as fuck in 1990s. So yeah, I, don't know what I mean, want. Scorsese is what? How old is he now? Seven, 79. Yeah, he's close to 80. So, Something like that. Yeah, if they're still alive, that's a miracle. And I want to know what they're eating and drinking. The good fellow. The good fellow. That's what they drink. Don't you dare top me off. I can't handle just it. Just a little left in it. Ah, go for it. Oh, my God. No, I won't I do apologize it. I apologize. I won't him. do it because I don't want to hear you bitching at me tomorrow. I'm not going to. Well. He be bitching. He be like, girl, you got me fucked up and I had to go to work tomorrow. You're not going to see me. I got a 12-hour tw- shift. I'm going to be gone all day. Yeah, well, I'll see you later and you're going to be tired and grumpy. <laughs> Why do you always do this? Hey, look at that fucking Tommy shit. What the fuck I asked you for, Henry? I'm asking you for a favor. I do a lot of fucking favors for you, don't I? That's, okay. That's a possibility. Okay. So, <clears throat> on the evening, opening night, Scorsese still wasn't done with the movie. Come again? That's kind of the way the uh, a director's mind works. There's always something to improve upon. They had <laughs> so they're all dressed in like their suits and their bow ties and all that stuff, and they're sitting down and they're screening the movie for everybody. And he's watching the movie and he's elbowing. Uh, I want to say it was Henry Winkler, that was uh, not Henry. <laughs> is that his name? The Fonz? No, because uh, that's Henry- Irwin Winkler. I think it's Erwin Winkler. I don't know. Henry Winkler is the Fonz. Henry Winkler is the Fonz. Was it him? No. Okay. It was Erwin Winkler, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken. Uh, (laughs) He elbows him because he's sitting right next to him. And he's telling him, we should have cut that scene. He's talking too much. See, I knew it. I knew we should have cut that scene. Um, And he just looks over. He's like, it's opening night. Marty, it's too this. late. Just relax. Let it go. You it is what it is. It's a great kid. movie. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. And apparently Marty had to like laugh it off. Like, okay, okay. Well, can I kind of tell you maybe why, why he felt that way? Why? I mean, besides him being a perfectionist. Of course. Um, 
the studio was nervous about this mm-hmm. movie because it was so violent and there was a lot of bad language sure. that they used. So when they went to preview it, like it was the worst numbers that Warner Brother had ever got in uh-huh. their history of any movie, at least at that time. What's the matter with you? What do we want me to pay for this shit? I'm not paying for it. Sure. And Martin said that the numbers were so low, it was funny. Like he like laugh cried. You gotta laugh. Yeah. Otherwise it's sad. He's just like, <laughs> we got a negative. <laughs> they just don't get it. So, um, but after it was released, even though there were some things that that fool really wanted to cut, the critics loved it. Mm-hmm. And it's the audience loved it. And especially over time, the audience definitely Over time, loved it's it. become a top like five movies of all time. Yeah. And it is definitely on my top five mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so there's a lot of actors in this movie that we're not going to get a chance to talk about because it's a big ass fucking cast. And there's a lot of actors that were very successful before this movie. There's some that were not known at all that were very successful after this movie. Half of the Soprano cast is in this motherfucking movie, yes, y'all. Yes, they are. That's yes, why the Sopranos are. is so fucking good, because Scorsese found the first. And as usual, my dude is in this movie. Samuel Jackson is in oh, this fucking movie. My nigga. <laughs> that you gotta give an honorable mention. That motherfucker, you right. This was before that motherfucker became that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he has a very small part, which I don't like because the fuckers they kill him. Well, one he was a dumb motherfucker. He he yeah he fucked everything up. He fucked up and his fuck up left fingerprints on pretty much the steering wheel and it, it was the camel that broke the straws back and it just made everything go to shit. Mm-hmm. Everyone had to die after that because you dumb fucked up. Yeah, not only did you fuck up royally with that but everybody else is spending their money like they're fucking Rockefeller over yeah. here buying don't pink fucking ass. spend the money what did I fucking tell you I told you don't spend the motherfucking money and what are you doing you bought over you're here buying a, a fucking Cadillac, Cadillac. you're it's buying a $20,000 mink coat it's in my mother's name though we just got married it's in my mother's name are you name. fucking stupid or something are you stupid I apologize what's the matter with you sorry what the fuck is the matter with you are mother- you fucking stupid and he just gets in his ass like he makes him feel he regresses him to a little boy and he don't even give a shit he does this in front of their ladies like not even like come over here what the fuck are you doing no he's like you're showing me his ass on the line go to jail for life the fur coat henry was smart all he did was buy expensive christmas tree ain't nobody gonna motherfucking see yeah I got the most expensive Christmas tree. Yeah. That's fine. No one's going to see that. You're not driving I mean, it he, down the street. He bought the necklace for his wife. But, but to be Christmas. honest, To it's be Christmas. honest with you, he could have bought that yeah. without the score. Yeah, he absolutely None, could Everything have. that he, he could have bought, uh-huh. he could have bought before he, this. He did it subtly. Yeah, he did it know? because and he like I got a bonus. The, gives her the necklace. Merry Christmas. And he pulls out the water cash. Happy, and Kwan- happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. <laughs> 
Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> she black. Maybe it's because I relate. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> I relate to Karen, uh, to Karen so much. I think that if I was a mobster wife, mm-hmm. she's the one I would be. She is strong. She is opinionated. She is reliable. She mm-hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful portrayal of a uh, Italian wife to a uh, a mobster. I mean, I love when these movies show the strong women. Mm-hmm. Even Godfather, who has the crazy ass sister, who be just starting shit. Adrian, but yeah, Adrian. But by the time you get to the third one, she's like old and shit. She's just like. I'm helping run this family too. Fuck. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I like her journey. Sure. But like if I had to choose who I would be if I had to be in these things, it'd be like Karen and the wife from Ozark. They're very okay. both like, okay, this is the situation I'm in. How do we all get what we need out of this? Yeah. It's, you know, she's hiding guns and packing coke and she don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, before we get to Karen... Uh, we gotta talk about. Uh, we're gonna start with the my little buddy uh, Spider. Michael, since you were talking about Sopranos, Michael Imperioli plays Spider in this one. Spider, spider is the uh, the bartender. Fucking he's rat. Like, he's well, he's not. You know, he doesn't whole rat. On rat the whole family of fucking rats. That's right. He does say that. Even though it has yet to be proven. I don't know. He's Henry Hill for the next generation, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But he's getting guys drinks and no, this, thought, that, and the other. I thought you said Spider. I, I thought you right. said you were all right. No, I no, am I'm all right. You, all right. You ain't all right. Uh huh. No, I thought you said you were all right, Spider. I am all right. You ain't all right, you little fucking prick. No, I thought you said Spider. I'm all right. Now he's moving. Dude, shoots him in the fucking foot for no reason. Dance. <laughs> okay. Which shows how crazy Tommy really is. You want a fun fact? I know you know this fun fact, though. Give me that fun fact. So Spider getting shot scene uh-huh. just in the foot. He throws himself back so far that he slams his hand on the bar. And it hits a pitcher, a glass pitcher, which shatters, and it cuts his hand so bad that he has to go to the ER. That sucks. And they tell them, I think it was De Niro. I guess that was a one take. (laughs) I think De Niro tells them, like, "Uh, it's okay. I mean, just think of it this way. You'll tell it on, like, The Tonight Show one day, Mm -hmm. which he does Mm -hmm. once he was on The Sopranos. There you go. (laughs) He talks about that that time but you know they pay homage to this movie on the Sopranos with that shit Mm -hmm. Spider gets his revenge yes he does Michael Imperioli plays Christopher on the Sopranos and he straight up shoots the baker in the foot (laughs) he's like you shot me in the foot and he's like it It happens it happens (laughs) what shit sometimes yeah or you just get shot in the motherfucking foot (laughs) yeah dude that's so great when that fucking happens I love that scene. That's just straight full circle. But the scene, the next scene where he does actually get shot killed. Oh, that's fucked and, up, dude. And, you know, Jimmy is joking with him. He's like, hey, Spider, yeah, don't put up with Don't no take sh- no shit for sh- nobody. Sh- this one's for you. Yeah. He's putting the fucking money down. He's like, what's the world coming to? And, and he's, he's like, like egging on uh, Tommy. Tommy. He's and like, Tommy, you going to just let him you say gonna that? You're going to take that? What's the world coming to? And fucking he fucking shoots him. Fucking unloads on him, dude. So, um... 
that whole haggle scene is improv of course by the men of Scorsese is a fan of improv because you know why he's a fan of improv because the actors he picks are good because the actors he picks are good but also because he has a rehearsal process yeah he knows what's trying to be accomplished Mm -hmm. yeah he uh he knows that the improvisation is their interpretation of what he already wrote (laughs) and therefore the story still gets told the way that he wants it to Okay. I love Scorsese's uh, ability to direct and work with actors and collaborate with everybody. There's nobody that can't come up to him if they have an idea. And that's a great, great quality for a director to have. That's with the actress, uh, what's her name, who plays Karen. She said that. Mm -hmm. She said, you know. Lorraine. Lorraine Lorraine Bracca. She said that it always felt like I could come and talk to him and bring my feelings of uh, things to him and not feel like I'm stupid. Sure. So, yeah, I I get that, and I appreciate a director who lets actors have a mind of their own. Mm-hmm. They spend hours thinking about this one character. You have hours thinking about this whole entire story, but all I have to do is spend my time thinking about this one person mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and what they would do, how they would do this. Especially mm-hmm. if they're a real person, I'm really doing research. Yeah, I'm finding absolutely. this bitch, finding people who knows this bitch. However, he didn't want them to meet the actual people. That's fine, but he, he didn't did... want Ray Liotta to meet Henry Hill. But he, he allowed them to talk to De Niro people to meet Jimmy Conway, who were in that life, who were friends with them, who were there. You might not talk to Henry, but he... Ray Liotta listened to tapes yep. of him being interviewed. Apparently, the motherfucker was chewing chips the whole time. I read that. Yeah. Chewing on potato chips, so uh which I guess is a good thing. I love chips. It's a it's a blessing in disguise because then you get Ray Liotta's voice, not Ray Liotta's voice trying to interpret Henry Hill's accent or something like that. I don't I listened to quite a few interviews of Henry Hill mm-hmm. and this motherfucker cusses a lot. Like, he'll be like, yo, you know, we walked into this fucking restaurant and this fucking waitress was here. And, you know, Paulie gets out of the fucking car and he goes over to her <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? And he beat her with this fucking bat. Like, this waitress, he beat her with a fucking bat. This just a fucking, fucking waitress. waitress. Yeah. <laughs> he just beats her. And then he gets back in his fucking Cadillac. We drive down the motherfucking street. That is like how the conversation is. So, I mean, I would want to take a lot of that, but I'm not going to sit there and have every other word be fuck. It takes the meaning out of fuck a little bit. Yeah, it takes the weight out of it. Literally, I am paraphrasing, but I am pretty much telling you exactly how he said it. Mm -hmm. And you just be like, fuck, dude. You're just telling me this quick story how Polly gets out of the car and beats a lady with a bat. You said fuck 27 times. (laughs) <laughs> you know so that's the life that's the life that's the, life that's the fucking live. life uh so <laughs> can i give you a fun fact that has nothing to do with anything but i just want to throw it on there before you forget it go for it uh, are we moving on so, sure okay so um fun facts so when tommy gets his tab at the club for seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars do you know how much seven thousand dollars is I like, know how much it is now. No, I mean seven thousand dollars back then in the sixties. Seven thousand dollars today in 2019, 2020, Uh huh. 
um, would be $57,000. Oh, my God. That's just to put a hold on, like, what his fucking tab was. $57,000, you dummy. That's you why know, he no. had to come up to him and talk to him, man. Fuck, dude. That's like a month worth of fucking profit there, dude. That's more. That's. I mean, I don't know. A year's worth of profit, probably. So in some places. In oh, well, 1960, yeah. Yeah. So, Fuck, yeah. Dude, that's, that's a lot of money. Crazy. You want to laugh? This prick last week asked me to christen his kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked for 7000 my child. <laughs> He's such an ass. Or for $57,000. <laughs> yeah, he was an ass, but I was like, how much money is that? I mean, $7,000. It's a lot of money. Yeah. But it's not a lot of money, you know. But back then, back then it, it was, was a, a lot, lot of money. Of money. <laughs> I mean, now it's a lot of money. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of money. I ain't got seven thousand. I don't have seven thousand dollars lying around. I've never had seven thousand dollars at one time ever. I have, but it doesn't. You know, it usually goes somewhere very quickly that yeah. you've been meaning to put money towards in mm -hmm. the first place. Like even right now. I need to come up with $7,000 in order to join this union that I've been working for. Damn. Yeah, initiation well, is $7,000. It's not $57,000. Thank God it's not $57,000. not 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. So uh, before uh, we get uh, too jumbled into these actors and everything, something that I want to talk about is the one shot at the Copacabana. The famous ass, mm -hmm. long, long one shots. Yes, so this is one of the first times that act actors had, this is back in 1990 and very few sets had a steady cam, let alone a steady cam operator. I mean, we've talked about we talked shot about like Garrett Brown before. In Boogie Nights, we talked Boogie about Nights. the fucking long shot. Uh-huh, the one shots. This is one of the most famous one shots in all of cinema. This yeah. is what people, uh, filmmakers now, are trying to recreate. And they're doing a bad job of it, usually. A.K.A. Swingers? Did they do it in Swingers? you never seen Swingers? I've seen it, but it's been a while. I've seen it, like, once. Swingers not only does the shot but they talk about the shot in the movie oh, they do a nice like circle round table talk about like scorsese's one shot of him going through the blah 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 and basically even fun facts that i'm about to give you now but then they go to their you know swinging like big band kind of club and mm -hmm. they go through the back door through the kitchen hey you guys are always back here hey go up the do stand. they really they do the whole fucking thing okay into the fucking club I'm only so, halfway done with this drink, and I'm feeling good. I'm on drink two. Fuck, how do you do it? That's dedication right there. I try not to get up, because as soon as this is over and I stand up and when the blood starts flowing, bloop. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. It only takes me about 20 minutes I'm in bed. <laughs> so yeah, this, uh, this scene. one shot was only done because... The Copacabana, which it's supposed to be, and it is filmed at, would not allow, allow them to use the entrance of the building. Really? Yeah. Wow. They were like, yeah, you can film in here, but we don't want you coming through our front doors, which is kind of shitty. And he could have just kind of did something where, you know, 
you don't actually watch them come in. You just see them in there. But he wanted it, so he decided that he was going to do this one shot all yeah. the way so through. So he rewrote it. He rewrote it so that they and would go through the back door. Blessing in disguise, dude. See everybody. So that is the Copa. Is that so open? I don't know. If it is, I doubt it. Is. Probably not, because if they had allowed him to shoot the main entrance, it would have been become iconic, and people would have been like, oh, that's the Copa, and it would still be around today. Motherfuckers. So, Shot themselves in the foot. So uh, they did the scene, going through the back, going through the kitchen. Uh-huh. Every time I'm back here, you guys are back here. Don't you guys ever work? Every time, you two. You too. You just fucking mess with people was done. So do you know how many times they did this? Yeah, eight times. Do you know why? Why? Because they would get all the way through it. They sit down. What do you do? Oh, I work for construction. All that fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And then you they don't would feel get... like you're in construction. No, no, I'm a union delegate. I'm a union. Well, they would get to, you know, the end. Mm-hmm. And the guy who tells the jokes... Would fuck up his life. Aw. He's not even on camera. He is on camera. Not the whole time, but he is on the camera because he says... uh, They pan left. Yeah, take my wife, please. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. He kept fucking it up, so they had to keep doing it over. Cut. That's, uh... Well. 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 (laughs) That's always I think of when people have to redo things over and over. She's asleep right now. She would love to hear me sing that song. Let's go, let's go, let's go, little sweetheart. All right, next year, (laughs) we're starting the year off with Bio Month. Ooh. And that's one of them. That's interesting. What's love got to do with it? What's love? Salinas. Salinas. Wait a minute, you choosing all of January? What the hell is going on here? Walk the line. Um, Ray. I'm going to make it do what it do, baby. I'm going to make it do what it do, baby. <laughs> I'm just throwing them out there. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, so I would like to stress that even back in 1988, 89, when they were filming this before it came out, uh, Steadicam was not at the – they hadn't perfected the mechanism yet. Yet this shot is so smooth and so fluid – that you don't even realize that the camera is moving. Like, they had to orchestrate this very, very well. It starts. moving around actors, following across the street. Like, somebody is holding this, and they're walking. It starts from across the street. Mm -hmm. The very first shot is him handing a close-up of him, handing Uh the keys over to the dude. Yeah, you got a rack focus and everything. Well, I mean, they're... It was like a somewhat like they're not shallow. So like there's a lot of things that are in focus. Mm -hmm. Um, But he does have to rack focus a little bit just to keep Ray and Karen in focus. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful shot. It's absolutely beautiful. And his ability to move around the waiters, around the kitchen staff, around the people, the extras that are like making out in the hallways, Mm -hmm. around the people that are setting down the table. Like everything is timed perfectly. It's a dance. And that is why everybody tries to recreate it. They don't realize that the reason that it is done is to showcase this new life from the perspective of Karen. 
She's like, she's oh being God. introduced into this life. She's being Look introduced into woman. his ability. Mm-hmm. Like he is uh, 21 years old at the time, something like that. Everybody's and yet around looking everybody at wants him. to be his friend. Everybody is opening doors for him. Yeah. And not only physically, but uh, theoretically, or uh, what is the, what's the word? I'm drunk. Um, metaphorically. Okay, that one works. Yeah. Uh, he had the world at his fingertips at this time. I mean, know? I have totally done the Henry Hill and go through the back, mm-hmm. but not because I was like cool, only because I was trying to sneak in. Like, <laughs> that is it. He's not sneaking in. He's, he's not just sneaking jumping in. the line. He just don't want to stand in line. Yeah. You gave him your keys? Yeah, yeah. He's, he watches the car for me. It's faster. It's, it's faster you know? than parking. It's quicker than parking it at a lot. Safer, yeah. too. Yeah. 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 So, filmmakers out there, if you're going to do a one shot, make sure that there's a reason for doing the one shot. Don't just do a one shot to prove that you can do a one shot. Like in Boogie Nights? It ruins your film. He does that amazing crane one shot. Uh huh. And it's introducing every Everybody character. There's in the a movie. reason for That's it. That's exactly what I was about to say. There wasn't just a, like, hey, mm-hmm. but it was like, you are rolling into this world of porn in the Mm -hmm. valley in the fucking 70s absolutely (laughs) so (laughs) that's enough on me and the whole filmmaking thing i get off of jason's tech corner for a second (laughs) jason tech corner (laughs) all right let me give you a fun fact before you move on i was gonna talk about paulie yeah this one's a short uh Short <laughs> fun fact. Uh, I'm sorry, all Italians. I'm sorry. Okay. So um, there were real mobsters in this movie. Mm. They would have them as extras, so you get that authentic feel of these fucking dudes. So uh, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, and they were hired as extras, but they all gave fake social security numbers. Nice. So I'm not quite sure how anyone got paid. Oh, don't worry about it. They had access. They got paid. They I'm got sh- their money. I'm sure they got paid. That's fucking Just awesome. Just not legally. <laughs> I not giving me my real social security mm, number. What do you the think I am? fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Marty is like... That was one of the reasons why it was so easy for Henry to disappear was because he never paid taxes. He never had, you know, paperwork. He didn't have any paper trail whatsoever. He didn't work nowhere. He had his birth certificate and his social security number. No, his birth certificate and my rap sheet. Yeah. The only thing that would show that I was alive. Prove that I was alive. Uh-huh. And yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I never voted. I never paid taxes. My birth certificate and my arrest sheet. That's all you'd ever have to know I was alive. W2 is W9? What the fuck is that? I don't even pay taxes. No. <laughs> So, <coughs> Paul Sorvino. Polly. Plays Polly. Our bartender for the night came up with our cocktail. Yes, thank you so much because this is a great, great drink. Mm. So, uh, first and foremost, Meisner actor. You know, I got to throw it out there. <laughs> Shout out to all my Meisner actors out there. Uh, he did not believe that uh, he could do this role. I read that. Yeah. He was very, very nervous. He thought that he was going to fuck up this movie. <laughs> I mean, his character is mm-hmm. not like the rest of the characters. Like he, mm-hmm. Polly didn't have to move for anybody because yeah. 
You didn't move fast because you didn't have to move for anybody. You didn't have to fucking do it. Absolutely. So you are the silent but strong type. Mm Mm-hmm. The father figure. It's in the The tough guy. Yeah. And when he's just sitting there, he's got his fucking napkin tucked. He's got his napkin. He doesn't give a shit. He's eating his, like, whatever bread. What was it, a sausage or something like that? And he's just sitting there. fucking delicious. It did. He's just <sighs> all this fucking food. We just ate a bunch. Dude. I want more, <laughs> especially after drinking. I know, but um, yeah, he didn't believe that he could do this role. But at the same time, he wanted so badly to be in a Scorsese movie that he said yes to it anyway. Do you know and- that the night before he was scheduled to shoot this, he called his agent and was like. I can't do this, man. <laughs> I just don't think that I'm mean enough or tough enough to like do this. Mm-hmm. And so the agent was like, "All right, give it a day, uh-huh. and just really think about this." Yeah. So Paul goes into the mirror and he starts looking at himself. It was like a, a spinach in the teeth check or something like that, right? And he did the look. Uh huh. The look that fucking Paulie does, and he said it scared him. Yeah, he scared himself. He's like, who the fuck is that dude? Uh-huh. Well, maybe I can do this. Yeah. And he did do this. Dude, that's fucking awesome. To be honest with you, even if I didn't think I could do it, I'm still going to fucking do it. You're still going to do the best you can. I'd rather be a fun fact that Martin Scorsese hired me and then fired me because I couldn't do it than me quitting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he scared himself in the mirror, and then he, after that, he's like, "Okay, that's that's Paulie right there. That's his look." And now that I have it, I can do this. And apparently, this. after that, it was like smooth sailing. He understood. Not only that, this fucking guy would tell. <laughs> he would tell jokes to the guys in the cast. If it was serving the scene before the camera started rolling, there is some. So like, there's scenes where like the the guys are like laughing about something, uh, in the very top of the scene. He would (laughs) he would throw out his own uh different jokes different jokes that he had in order to get them in uh, in a laughing state before the camera started rolling before they called action. Real laughter. I don't have that many jokes. I don't know about you. I would just start telling. I heard that like his jokes were good, and then they got worse and worse as the, like he started. As he running. had to go deeper into. Yeah, the yeah, bag. do different jokes. <laughs> they probably turned into the corny dad jokes where I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and they have to just pretend it's funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know what I'm always gonna remember him as, mm. Daddy Capulet. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, he's Juliet's uh, he's dad. Juliet's dad, yeah. I give you to my friend. I guess we need to do that movie. I guess we <laughs> talked. I feel like we talked we about, talked it, a about lot. it a few times. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. We'll see when we can fit it in. Apparently, he loved working with uh, Scorsese. Do uh, apparently uh, the reason why I noticed I had to dig a little deeper uh, after listening to an interview of him, and he's talking about acting, and he's talking about acting is doing. I was like, oh, this fucker's got to be a Meisner actor. Yes. Later on, I after doing my research, I realized that he is, because that's you know that's one of the things about Meisner is the reality of doing. Mm. Um, but I thought he did a fantastic job. You know, he like they say in the movie, he didn't move fast, but that's because he didn't have to move for anybody. He was the strong silent type 
but when it was time for him to speak, you fucking listened. Yeah. You know, and at the same time, he did have a personality. He was the boss, but he wasn't a greedy boss. No. He wasn't no. a mean boss. He, he wasn't had... a mean boss. He was a doer. Literally, he has one you know? rule. He's sitting there making brats. The know? one rule is... Grilling sausages. Don't fucking deal drugs. That was it. Yeah. And he had an open mind about it, too. He's like, you know what? I know what you did while you were on the inside. It is you what it is. You did what you had to do. But, but now that out. you're out, I've got you a fucking job. I don't want to see that shit. And he nailed it home. Like, the thing that I appreciate about Scorsese in this particular movie probably in other movies as well, is that he lets the camera keep going. He makes sure that the audience feels just as uncomfortable and as ashamed as Henry Hill does mm. or as uh, What's-His-Name does for buying the Cadillac. When you see anybody fucking around with this shit, you're going to tell me, right? Yeah. That means anybody. He allows the actors to keep going, and that's why Ray Liotta gets the slap in the face. He's like, hey, I'm not fucking kidding around here. Don't fucking do it. Don't make a jerk out of me. Do you know I that, know what you were doing. You know that Paul improvised that? Did he really? And Ray didn't know that it was going to happen? Of course not. So the surprise but look But he's on, professional enough to let it happen and work with it. The surprise look on his face after he chose and he's like, okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll let you know. I was like, mm-hmm. if anybody is real because he didn't know that Paulie was going to fucking mm-hmm. I'll do that every once in a while. I, I won't slap that. somebody in the face, but if I'm like tab- uh, across the table from somebody like that, I'll slap the table. If I feel like they're falling out of the scene. I don't mind the slap. Yeah. It works for the scene. If it because works for the scene. He is a mob he, boss. He is they're Italian. Superior. That's kind of how they, you know, Absolutely. fucking deal with each other. He sees them as like a son or like, you know, a nephew kind of deal where I can mm-hmm. just like slap you up a little bit. Yeah. And absolutely. it's not even a, a hurt or a threat thing. It's like, pay attention. I'm serious. Yeah. Matter of fact, you've seen me do this. Do you remember when we were filming that uh, pilot series and we were doing that in uh, that scene with that lawyer and oh, he was yeah. pretty much phoning it in? He was. And then I straight up had to slap the table because we're having the conversation. He's phoning it in. And then I'm just like, hey. And I improv- improvised a couple of lines and the last of that scene was okay. But the next scene, uh, the next take is the one that we used. Because he was alert. Yes, exactly. Because mm-hmm. now he knows that I'm going to do something, that I'm going to invest in him. You can't just fucking wait for your lines. Yeah. Meisner, what's up? Paul did a fucking good job. <laughs> he made you see. He really did. I loved him in this movie. Um, Can I give you another fun fact before you move on? Are yes, you moving please. on or are we, we done? We're, about? we're moving on. Okay, so... There's not a lot of people in this cast. Do you know what the first scene that was shot in this movie was? I don't. You've got such an adorable grin on your face right now. Because this is such a really fun, fun (laughs) fact. Okay. 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 So the first thing that was shot in this entire fantastic movie was Maury's wig commercial. No. So (laughs) Scorsese was inspired by this. Fucking Morty. I need my money. I want my money. I want my money. I did what I had to do. I want my money. Uh Uh-huh. Then go tell him. Are we... You going to tell him? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. Are we going to talk about Maury? 
I mean, we can. Okay, I, he's after, not one of the main cast, but he's not, yeah, we can. After we talk about this, a uh, brief fun fact. I just want to talk about the character, not necessarily the actor. Sure. Okay, so, um, so he, Scorsese <laughs> was inspired by this low-budget commercial that ran in New York City back in the, I think, 80s uh, for Window Repair Company. Okay. So what he did is that he called this guy named Stefan R. Paca, the owner of the company, who did these low budget commercials and he got him, he hired him to write and direct this commercial and edit it. So, uh, Stefan wrote and edited and directed Maury's commercial for his weight company. That's fucking great. So this is not only the first shot that is in this movie, but it's the only shot of this movie that was not directed by Scorsese. There you go. So I thought that was great. He picked this so that it would look and feel authentic, which it does. It feels fucking Maury. It feels very. Don't I have a wig that just comes of off and it's like that just, fucking thing. And then Jimmy comes up behind him and he starts to fucking choke his ass out, and immediately that wig bad. comes off. So funny, so funny <laughs> that Henry had to stop and laugh because he's like. I just watched your commercial, <laughs> and now your wake's off. You uh-huh. said you could jump in a pool, and you could have a hurricane storm, but you can't you take can't fucking... You can't get strangled by a by telephone fucking wire. fucking Jimmy's ass. <laughs> it don't work. You got money for that fucking commercial, you <laughs> Fucking commercial. You don't got my money? You don't got my fucking Jimmy. money? Huh? Jimmy, he's going to pass. Yeah, his character is... Annoying awful. as fuck. Absolutely awful. He is the dude down, that should Maury. never be part of the mob because he talks too goddamn he talks much. Too fucking much. He demands a too much. Jimmy even says it. You think more he talks to his wife, tells him, tells his wife everything, and she gets fucking whacked. Doesn't no, she? no, no, no. She doesn't. She doesn't. But she comes. She, she she ends up coming to the she house, to and the she's house. like, I haven't she's seen. Like, Maury. I haven't seen him. He hasn't come home. And uh, he he always comes he home. comes home in the last twenty seven years. Hasn't been a time that he doesn't come home. That's my dad. If he didn't show up, something's up. Absolutely. So Maury's played by Mr. Chuck Lowe. Chuck Lowe, you did a good shitty job of being that fucking <laughs> shitty dude that you don't feel too bad about that dice. Yeah, sadly he did pass away in twenty seventeen, two years ago. <sighs> but he was eighty nine years old. Hey. Almost fucking ninety. Yeah, he he got up there. Yeah. So he he did a good job of just nonstop nagging oh for my money. God, he's such a and not fucking only ball breaker. did he get his money, but once they learned out how much money they actually got, he wanted more. Mm-hmm. You're fucking with the wrong people. Yeah. You're fucking with the wrong people. You're a fucking and store dead. owner, dude. And unfortunately, I have to say that even though he was like a fucking cocksucker, his death is probably the most like peaceful. It was very quick. It was very quick. Very Straight quick and ice pain. pick in the back of the head. Very unpainful. Uh-huh. And it was over. And immediately, Joe Pesci is joking around. I might as well fucking let him drive. God, you just won't shut up. The fuck are you doing? God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had one more fun fact. Okay. Before we moved on, because we just talked about Spider. Okay. So they, the company, the studio wanted to cut Spider's uh, murder scene. Yes, they out did completely because they thought that it made you know Tommy very unlikable. Yeah. So Scorsese and them had to go to the company and was like, "Yo, dude, 
That's the point. The point is leading up to these these good guys, these good fellas are good fellas. Yeah. They just kind of rob people. They kind of kill. Yeah. They don't kill innocent people. And Spider pretty much is innocent. I doubt he's killed anybody. He hasn't killed anybody yet. If anything, he's all he's doing is bartending and you know moving cars mm-hmm. and picking up something, dropping off something. He's not even doing anything. He's pretty much innocent. Yeah. So for he's Henry at sixteen. Yeah. So for Tommy to just blow him away like he was nothing, it changes the movie. Changes the tone of the movie and makes you changes your perception. Your of perception, Tommy. which it just makes me love Tommy even more. Sure, it just makes. I mean, I know that's awful, but it just makes me feel like. I mean, the what a fucking badass. Yeah, absolutely. He don't give. He don't. Give, I, you think it's the first fucking mm-hmm. hole I ever dug? Huh? Yeah, I give me the, the fucking hole. Yeah, give me. Where's the fucking shovel? <laughs> you know, he don't give a shit. So we've talked about him a few times already, but uh, we haven't put a name to him. Frankie Carbone. Is the one that is driving the car. He's the one that you see in the beginning. Yeah. He's the one that's speaking Italian as they're like introducing everybody. He's yeah. got that fucking thick what is that hair. hair? It's what is like that puffy. Hair? It's like feathered. He's like Italian, a poodle hair. Pulled back hair. So weird. Uh, he is played by Frank Severo. He's also Adam Sandler's cousin. He is Adam Sandler's cousin in The Wedding Singer. <laughs> I mean, it's just the, you know, we used to be wild. You know, yeah, we, we used to be wild. Yeah, we got through some crazy shit. Yeah. But now that thrill is gone. It is. I don't know what I said, but I said something. (laughs) (laughs) All right, enough. I'll take care of the kids. Go out. He was a great brother-in-law. He's a great (laughs) brother-in-law. Really is. Uh, He's the one that ends up in the freezer in the end. Yeah. You know, Uh, great fucking actor. He didn't do nothing. And the thing is... By this time, it was just Jimmy's like, you know, should I pay him or kill him? Just kill him, everybody. Yeah. And he's one I feel like you should have just paid because he... He, he was, was loyal. He, he was a soldier. He was Italian. To be honest just, with you, he probably was involved in all of those murders because all the ones that we do see, mm-hmm. he is there. Yeah. So he also what the scene where they kill Samuel Jackson. He's there making coffee. He's there making coffee. You know that was improvised. He was like, "Get take that coffee to go." Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, make that coffee to go. Let's go. So come over, Joe. What the fuck are you doing? It's a joke, a joke. Put the fucking pot down. You gotta take the coffee. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's walking out with the, the coffee. coffee. I thought you said take it to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just went along with it. So, like, he shoots him and he's like, all right, hey, we're out of here. Let's go t- get that coffee to go. So, that's Fig- what I feel. It's a figure of speech, but he's literally walking out with the pot of coffee. Yeah. I feel like out of all the people that Jimmy had murked, he was the one that. He was the one that maybe you should you not have. have you should have kept him. But his wife did have the fucking fur coat. He did buy the fur coat. He You're bought right. the fur coat. So, he that's, still. Did. That's his one fuck up. He sealed his deal on that one. <sighs> Damn it, Frankie. He could have bought the bitch a fur coat and told the bitch not to wear it to the Christmas party with all the other dudes. Right? But no, it's, it's not about that. You got to you gotta show off a little bit. Just a know? little. <laughs> uh, so who you want to talk about first, Jimmy Conway or Tommy? Do you want a fun fact now or after we talk about Jimmy? I want it now. You okay. know I like my dessert first. Okay. So... <laughs> So we're gonna talk about Jimmy. We have dessert. Oh, from the we got restaurant. that tiramisu. Oh shit! 
I forgot about Lights, that. Lights, camera, cocktail. We're out, y'all. Okay. Shit, I could just set it up right here, right now. I mean, if you want to grab it while I tell my fun fact, that's up to you. Tell your fun fact. I'm going to get you some tiramisu. So, uh, Billy Bats, in real life. Hey, babe, you want some dessert? She sounds scum. She sounds scum. So, Billy Bats, in real life, mm-hmm. um, he didn't go out the way that we see him in the movie. No, he did not. So, the way that he goes out is because Tommy... Um, What's the matter? The mustache too big? Oh, you fucking got me. Okay. So, uh, he didn't go out like that. So, Tommy almost uh, kicked his ass, like killed him, uh-huh. uh, when he beat the shit out of him with the butt of the gun. And this gun... He hit him so hard in real life that this gun pretty much crumbled in his hand. Yeah. So is why you would think that he is dead before you put him in the fucking truck. Uh, they kind of show this when the gun goes splatting onto the, to the ground and it's like in pieces. But the real reason not only being that, you know, Tommy had some beef with him because she did. Uh, I don't know if it's about go get your fucking shine box or anything like that, but he did... He did say that he, uh, you know, they were had some tiff. Yeah, they had and, they had a situation. And Henry had to hold Tommy back from beating his ass, and mm-hmm. he didn't beat his ass. But months later, keep that motherfucker here. Keep him keep here. here. Months later, Billy Bats, uh, after him getting out of prison, he wanted his old gig back, which Jimmy had, which was like a loan shark. Oh, bits. he wanted Jimmy's job. He wanted Jimmy's job. Ooh. So. What happened was that Billy went to jail, and so Tommy or Jimmy took over his loan shark business. What the fuck was that? <laughs> he took over his loan shark business, and when Billy got out, he wanted his motherfucking he business back. He wanted his back. job back. And that would affect the livelihood of Jimmy, of Tommy, of Henry. Yeah, so that, wasn't gonna, that wasn't about to happen. What are you going to do? You're going to kill. Yeah, but he's a made guy. They got him super, super motherfucking drunk, beat the shit out of him, threw him in the trunk of a car to go dump his body somewhere. Halfway there, the dude starts making noise like it was a fucking flat tire in the back. And they did not shoot him, but they did stab him. Multiple times. Multiple times in the trunk until he passed away, and they buried him somewhere. Now... Unmarked Hen- graves, yo. Henry Hill said up until the day that he died, because Henry has passed away now. He died in 2012. Um, said that he had nightmares of Billy Bat's death. Fuck, dude. Over and over, so. Yeah. It was real. That'll fuck with you a little bit. Dude, this tastes like that Tres Leches cake. I think we let it sit too long. I feel like you would like it. It's fucking coffee, dude. Is it coffee? It's actually like coffee. All right. Well, yeah, but it's too moist. Moist. <laughs> that Ugh. moist. Ugh. Don't say that word. <laughs> what, moist? <laughs> <laughs> moist, moist. Um, so the real Tommy was actually, I mean, it's played by Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. Joe Pesci is five feet tall, <laughs> even. Five feet nothing. He is Joe's height. My brother Joe. And just like Joe, dangerous fucking man. Uh, he's like an ant. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what I always yeah. tell them. Crazy strong for their size. He's like an ant man. <laughs> so regular, uh, the real Tommy was six two, and he was built like a uh, boxer, like a prize fighter. He was fucking. He was dangerous. <laughs> so I find it very uh, impressive. And at the same time, this is just Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, this is the type of person that he is. He is a short, intimidating fucking guy. Like, how Joe Pesci grew he... up in Jersey. How he's short is Joe the, Pesci? He's five, nothing. How short? He's five feet nothing. And the dude was like... The real Tommy was 6'2". That's right. Built but like a fighter. I do know that the character he plays in Casino... Mm-hmm. Is a short person like uh, himself. But at the same time, the guy that he plays in Casino has a reputation for knocking guys out. The Napoleon complex. Uh-huh. And yeah. s- until he starts doing that coke and then all of a sudden his strength goes away. <sighs> yeah. Can we do that one next? Fuck yeah. Like, I mean, not, no, because Christmas month is coming uh, up, but we'll get to it. It's coming because I look, I was debating. December's coming up, y'all. You guys, I was debating. I asked him, I was like, good fellas it, it was. It was basically a coin toss. He was like, I don't care because I love both of them. I was mm-hmm. like, damn it. I know. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Henry, the real Henry Hill said that Joe Pesci portrayal of Tommy was 90 to 99% accurate mm-hmm. to the real Tommy besides his, you know, stature. Sure. So his attitude, his fucking Joe Pesci is a confident, very charismatic, very uh I mean, dangerous man. You know, he doesn't really have a Napoleon complex, I don't believe. I think that he just knows his capabilities and he's confident in his own skin. I always thought Napoleon Complex meant that you're smaller. Uh-huh. You feel, you don't necessarily, but you feel like you have to prove yourself. Yeah, you overcompensate for your size yeah. is what it is. And I think that Joe Pesci, not as in his real life, but like the characters that he portrays, mm-hmm. that is always an underlining factor. Even if, sure, Even in Home Alone, he still has... It's something to prove. Not only because he's short and his partner is a fucking dumbass and they're trying and to rob a shit. Type character. Yeah, that like, you know, I have to Daniel prove that Stern, dude. we are the sticky bandits, we are the fucking wet bandits. <laughs> We're not the wet bandits anymore. We're the sticky We're bandits. We're the sticky bandits. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they are, you know, he's still trying sure. to prove himself. But Joe Pesci always plays a character that uh is more powerful than his appearance suggests. Like even in My Cousin Vinny, when he knocks out Homeboy from the bar finally. You know what I mean? I can't wait like, to do that. He mind fucks this guy in yeah. so badly that he has to come up with $100 just for the opportunity to fight Vinny. And the second that he finally has it, he knocks his ass out. Out of nowhere. Casino, he's a dangerous fucking man. He stabs a he dude is, in the neck with a pen, y'all. Dude. With a motherfucking he's pen. He's fucking dangerous. Good fellas, he is a dangerous man. He's an absolutely dangerous He'll shoot man. You in the foot one time that he's not really a dangerous you. man, Leo gets. Whatever you need, Leo gets, okay? 
Okay, 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 okay. Calm down, okay. Gary. Calm down. Gone fishing, <laughs> which you haven't seen. Maybe next. I've never seen it. Next week when I come, mm-hmm. I will bring it because I know I bought it for Rashad, mm-hmm. or I'll will download. It. I don't give a shit. We watching Gone Fishing, mm-hmm. and I think you would like it because it's like a mixture of that character and fucking Home Alone character. Okay. Mixed with fucking Danny Glover. Yeah. He openly good. says it in uh, Home Alone. You ought to not mess with us, pal. We're dangerous. We're dangerous. Joe Pesci grew up in Jersey. He's a dangerous man. You, you know, he grew up in that life to a certain degree. You know who he grew up with? I know exactly. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Big girls don't cry. Big girls don't, they don't cry. Yeah, we're not hitting those notes. They don't cry. Yes, the Four Seasons, the Jersey Boys. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Joe Pesci grew up with them in the streets, mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name uh, still works for him. Definitely. Which one was it? Uh, the the guy that oh, tells the oh. story. Yes, I mean Joe Pesci. I can't remember his name at the moment because I've had had a few. Drinks. He had a few drinks. <laughs> um. Yeah. Not only did he grow up with those Jersey Boys, but he drew, grew up around a lot of these. Mobster dudes. Mm-hmm. To the point where it inspired one of the most famous scenes in this movie. You want to say it? You can say it. <laughs> you can say it. Go for it. I don't mind. You sure? I'm going to drive into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Show me. Show me. <laughs> so the, how am I funny? Like how? Like, like haha, like a clown? Uh-huh. Um, that whole scene is comes from a actual moment that uh, Joe Pesci spent as a waiter in a restaurant mm-hmm. in Jersey around some real mob guys. Mm-hmm. So Joe Pesci was on the receiving end of yeah. this exchange. So he's having a conversation with a mob guy and he tells him that he thinks that he's a funny guy. And, and- the guy responds the way that... Tommy responds in this movie uh-huh, to Henry. To Henry, to the point where Joe Pesci's pretty much peeing his pants. Uh huh. And then the guy obviously laughs. It's fucking with him. It's fucking with them. They all laugh. Uh-huh. You know, they give him a tip, and you know he moves on. You know what's great about that scene? It's that Scorsese allowed him to do it. One that Scorsese allowed him to do it. Two that Scorsese shot this in a medium shot. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you can see, he could have done this in a close-up. He chose to showcase everybody around him and showcase how everybody went from laughing and enjoying to like, oh, this oh, became shit. a serious situation. Is I'm this about to that... become a thing? Are they about to fight? Is Tommy about to shoot him in the fucking face? What the fuck is going to happen right now? And Henry Hill's the like, and that's just the day builds. that I got my limp. Like, you know, he uh. shot him <laughs> in the hip or whatever shit. I mean, could be his last day in general. I mean, no, I knowing feel, Tommy's ass. To be honest with you, I feel like not so much because Tommy and Henry's relationship goes back to yeah, them being back really adolescents. Far. Yeah. So, like, you being a young kid Henry, together. Henry, Tommy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I mean, Tommy's the one who, like, hides out and runs and tells Polly and everybody, yeah. like, yo, Henry, Henry got, got pinched. pinched. You know, we got to go help him. So, I mean, I feel like they came up together that he would always have his back. Sure. The way that 
Okay, when we talk about Jeremy, remind me about the pause. I thought you I were getting thought, mad at me for taking a drink. I was how like, what is dare going on? you drink in front of me <laughs> on a Thursday night podcast? What the fuck? So, yeah, one of that is uh, one of Tommy's scenes that yeah. are legendary. So, yeah, it, uh, Joe Pesci was on the receiving end of this uh, situation and he used it and they imp- Provised like four or five times and from that improvisation scorsese wrote the scene mm. and that's what ended up on camera no no i don't know you said it how do i know you said i'm funny how the fuck am i funny what the fuck is so funny about me tell me tell me what's funny and it's a great fucking scene it really is it's it, so- yeah orchestrated so well and the tension is there and that's why you don't need close-ups in this situation because it's already super uncomfortable the behavior is there and joe pesci has the confidence to intimidate the shit out of ray liotta in this scene i just want to do that to somebody don't do that to anybody no it's because it's funny because at the end literally they're Die laughing. Yeah. And like, everybody's laughing. Everybody's Even the crew laughing. is laughing. When you hear it, it's the crew. It's the crew and laughing. Scorsese and everybody's laughing. I mean, the Henry's fucking face where he's just like, ah! You really are a funny guy. You really guy. are a funny guy. <laughs> Which is also improv. Uh, it's, it's just so fucking hilarious. I, I just can't. It's a great scene. Um, can I tell you something else about Joe Pesci? Fun fact. Hell yes, you can. Then I feel like some people might know because of a certain comedian, but if you don't, I'm about to tell you. So Joe Pesci, like I said, he grew up with the Four Seasons in New Jersey, and he was always hanging out on the corner, you know, with the doo-wop guys doing their doo-wop. Yeah, he doing <laughs> nailed Just it. Four guys under a street lamp. Under a street lamp. Well, he wanted to be one of them, and he had his own album called Little Joe Sure Can Sing <laughs> that came out in 1968. That's really cool. And it, it's kind of like old standards. He has a weird voice. It kind of sounds like an old black lady kind of singing kind of okay. deal. It's not the best, but uh, he looks super young on the cover, and it's funny. You guys should Google that. But the funniest thing, would have to be from his 1998 album called Vincent Lorenzo uh, Gambino Sings Just For You. Nice. And Vincent Lorenzo Gambino. Sings Just For You. Okay. And so one of the songs that he has is called Wise Guy, which is a rap song by Joe Pesci. Oh, my God. You think I'm lying? I don't. Google that shit. He, he knows I'm not lying because before we started this, I was like, I need you to just... We don't. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to play these songs for you. So when I talk about this, you can see where I'm at on these. She songs. straight up played the video and then left the room. I left the room and made the cocktails. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck am I? I'm watching? a wise guy. <laughs> you know, so that was a Christmas song out there. It was like, how the fuck is Santa gonna know? Something like that. It's like a very Wise guys, dirty Christmas, Christmas song. Yeah. Oh wow. So if you uh, want to get into a little bit of Joe Pesci music, go look that shit up. It I is prefer quite funny. Joe Pesci movies, but hey, the Irishman. 
is coming out. I mean, he is coming out of retirement, Dude. which is something he's been talking about for uh-huh. the last like 15 years. Where I'm like, I'm yep. retired. Yeah. No. I mean, he was retired. He but, was happily retired. Scorsese had to call him not only once, not only twice, like 50 fucking times. He said, Scorsese said that Joe Pesci wasn't retired. He just wasn't getting scripts he wanted. Uh. So however you take it, he just wasn't getting the script. He had to like beg him to even read the fucking Irishman. It was like... He's like, I don't want to do any more mafia movies and gangster movies. I don't want to do any more of these. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just read the script. Well, you know, I just don't really want to. Do- yeah, okay. Just read the script. Why? You're going to change everything anyway. And Scorsese's like, well, read the fucking script so you can know what I'm going to change. So you can read, so you can hear what I'm talking about. Because you don't know. what You're just that, talking about this. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. We don't even know because we haven't watched it yet. It hasn't come out yet. It hasn't come out yet. It comes out this month. Uh-huh. And that is a one reason why I did pick this movie. Yep. To get us ready for. Getting y'all ready. The, the Irishman. Irishman. And which in a year we will be doing because it's also based on a book. You Another know? dance with Mr. Scorsese. And I don't even have to leave my motherfucking house. It's on Netflix. That's the best part. However, I would love to see it in theaters. Yes, yes, I would. One of those movies that you just you gotta you gotta go to the theater. I feel like whenever you or I watch The Irishman, it has to be a Saturday in honor of Scorsese. That is a great and idea. And his Saturday movie. We're gonna Insta story this shit, y'all. Yeah, we're gonna so go to Saturday. the theater, and take some pictures for you, take some videos. Yeah, and tag Mr. Scorsese in it. Say Saturday movies in honor of you, bitch. Mm-hmm. So, you want to... Let's do it. I'm down. You want another fun fact? Give me that fun fact. Um, the Have you ever seen a movie called My Blue Heaven? Have I ever seen a movie called My Blue Heaven? From the exact same year as this, 1990. Are with you With Steve Martin and me? Rick Moranis. I absolutely love that movie. Well, when he is going through the grocery store, yes. he steals the uh, the label maker, yes. and he's driving fucking. through the aisles with his fucking suit on, and this little like, like small hair. town guy is like glad handing, like have a nice day. Turns around, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. Well, that movie is loosely based on Henry Hill's life in witness protection. No shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so great. So it's another uh, part of Henry's life, just more of a funnier <laughs> version of it. Because These Henry's little town blues. He was he was so Italian, like mafia in that movie, stereotypical, like the hair, the shoes, the clothes, the way he talked, everything he did. So fucking hilarious. Love that movie. Maybe we'll do it. I would oh, love gonna to. we're going to do it. We haven't had a, a real Steve Martin movie. If it's not 10 years from now, we're going to do it. We're still it. doing it. Yeah. You know what I notice? You never look them in the eye. What's that? <laughs> Girls, you're a good looking guy. Let's face it. You're a better looking guy than I am. But I am always going to look them in the eye. And therefore, I'm always going to get laid yeah. more than you. Yeah. <laughs> you look me in the eye and you now hold my Now look her right in the eye. Yep. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> So, uh, I love that movie. <laughs> in real life, Henry Hill went into witness protection with his wife and children. Yes, he did. But he just couldn't stay out of trouble. Kept getting in trouble, kept stealing uh, part of some drug uh, laundering and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
To the point where the witness protection was like, hey, girl, we You're can't gonna go back to jail. We can't protect your ass anymore. So we're just going to arrest you. No, they just let him go. Wow. Like, do you, boo boo, because we can't keep you safe anymore. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm tired of spending money and trying. So, yeah, bye, girl. He's a wise guy. Which is fine because He's without fella. that, we wouldn't have all these stories. Nope. We wouldn't have this book. We wouldn't know a lot of things because he would have been gone. As I am drained for nothing else, I regress back to my earlier habits or whatever it says in my blue heaven. Can I give you another What the hell? Might as well go into business. There's enough of us here to start a crime wave. (laughs) You got me on my blue heaven now. I'm sorry. I should have waited (laughs) for that one. So can I give you another fun fact? Fun fact. Okay. So the guy who tells the hills... uh, that they need to go into witness protection or else, you know, they're going to die. Oh, I know where you're going. Or, you know, she's like, so what if my mom, God forbid, they get sick. You tell me I can't go see them or they die. I can't go to their funeral. And he's mm-hmm. like, yep, bitch, that's it. Well, that gentleman is the actual man who told them to go into witness protection. Mm-hmm. He played course, himself. Yeah, Scorsese went into the office looking, scouting for shots. And he made sure that he was seen mm-hmm. and talked to the right people and was like, who you guys got playing me? Why don't you just have me play me? Mm-hmm. And he did. Very ballsy move. He did. And which would have been me. Obviously, I would have done the same thing. And he did a screen test. Would you though? Because then the mob knows your face. They know who you are. And what I don't give a done. fuck. I'm a cop. Cops aren't above the mob. It's the nineties. Like the mob side isn't by side. like a th- the mob can kill cops. It's the nineties. The mob doesn't have as much pull as they did in the seventies, mm. in the sixties, and fifties, and forties. They don't have the same amount of pull because drugs separated their gangs. That's mm-hmm. facts. Yeah. That's facts. I'm still not going to put anything people, past the mob, though. Because people like Henry started selling drugs mm-hmm. and doing drugs. And when you do drugs, you're not loyal to anything but drugs. Yep. All you think about is drugs. That's it. That's all you think about. So You've spilled I, my medicine. you got to sort me out. You don't want to see me in an hour, son, because I'll be fucking you up. Sorry, I went a little Russell Brand there. Because he only cares about drugs in that movie. <laughs> Give to the Greek? Yes. Okay, nice okay, catch. okay, okay. Nice yeah. catch. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, when you're, you you don't have any loyalty to anybody. No, no. family, no rules, no one, nothing. So, drug business pretty much cut the mob down. Mm-hmm. If there was no drugs, the mob probably would still be pulling more than they do now. But you can't be loyal when you're on drugs. And that's These where most of the oil. most of the families had people like Henry Hill who saw easy way to make money mm-hmm. and got fucked up. So let's keep it moving. <laughs> let's keep this party going. I mean, we got two people to talk about. Let's, oh no, we got three. We have not talked about my girl yet. Oh, uh, let's talk about her right now. Oh my God, Miss Lorraine Braca. She, I picked this movie. Sorry, and I've been w- drinking. When I picked. There's two movies for this month. Uh, uh-huh. uh, what was the other one? Are Shawshank you, Redemption. Have you been drinking? A lot, yeah. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption and Goodfellas. I'm not boring that. I just want you to know. And I tried to pour that in his glass about 20 minutes ago. That was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so um, That was weeks ago. <laughs> that was weeks ago. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Continue. I don't even remember what I'm saying now. Lorraine Bracca. Something about Shawshank. Oh, when I started doing Shawshank and Goodfellas, I felt bad because I picked two movies that really were male-driven movies sure. where their characters and their stories are toned. But then once I re-watched this one this week, I was like, no, bitch. Her voice is very strongly heard yes, in this it movie. Is. Absolutely. She has her own voiceover. Mm-hmm. She, you know, has her own side story. She yeah. talks about meeting all the wives. She talks about, you know, it's the first time she has a gun. I mean, I love where she's like, hey, stop. I need some money to go shopping. Oh, my God. And he's like, how much? And she's like, this, this much. And he's like, how much? And he's like, pulls out this stack of money, gives her to it. And she falls to her knees to give him head in the kitchen. He's like, oh, He's like, all right, fine. <laughs> fine. I love it. I mean, she, I mean, to the point where she's willing to go to the side bitch's house and yell at her Dude, to put a gun in his motherfucking him. face. She absolutely loves yeah. him. She's like, something's going on. This is her husband. That's this her is husband. her life. This is her family. Mm-hmm. Dude, she, Lorraine Bracca. I mean, let's first and foremost, she was nominated for Best uh, Supporting Actress As for an should. Oscar for this role. As she did. She was absolutely fantastic. Because, I mean... And you remember how we were talking about earlier, how uh, all the guys got real money to throw around? Guess what she got? Real jewelry. She got that real jewelry, dude. She's like, She's like guys get real... I want, you know, real jewelry. It's going to change my performance. It's going to make you know, me feel, feel rich. Yeah. Love. Mm-hmm. And Scorsese told her, like, you are the movie star. Not necessarily the movie star of this movie, but, like, this life. Like, that's how yeah. she needs to, like, that, like, the mindset that she needs to have. Well, I mean, she's high up on the chain. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Her husband is high up on the chain. Mm-hmm. She's being introduced into this world. And... She gives us a look of something that we don't see so much, especially like in Goodfather or Godfather, where you know, um, the Godfather is like Al Pacino's wife. She is on the outskirts. She never gets to really know what's going on. She never is part of what's really going on. She's just told what to do and she mm-hmm. does it. This wife is part of it, knows what's going on. She's high on the fucking drugs too. Yeah, she she's starts smuggling. In the food and the shit into mm-hmm. the prisons for him. Like, she is a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a she question. She is loyal. She is a ride or die chick. I got a question for you. In the scene where she meets up with uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, uh, Henry doesn't even know I'm here. Mm-hmm. He gives her a stack of money. And then he's like, you want some coats? You can go in there. I got some coats in there. Mm-hmm. And it makes it seem like he's going to whack her. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think he was. I think he is. Absolutely. I always feel like it depends on how I feel when I watch the movie. Really? Sometimes I feel like he's going to whack her. Sometimes I feel like he's not going to whack her. So because he sticks around out there to make sure that she goes in. Yes. That's the first indication that he needs her to go, go in, in there. there. Mm-hmm. Now He doesn't need anything from her. But the fact of the matter is... Ray Liotta's character is compromised. And the first person that he believes he's gonna she's he's going to share information with is her. I understand. But I also know that a mob rule is you don't kill wives and kids. 
True. But like you said, like we talked about, mm-hmm. she's not a normal wife. She's not a normal she wife. She actually knows shit. She knows shit. And does shit. Mm-hmm. So it, he could be killing her or he could not be killing her. Because she looks in there and the people who see her look surprised that she's even like fucking. Like they look up and they look over like, the, f- the fuck Well, is they get quiet real quick. Like, oh, here she comes. That's true. You know. I, so they got to play it cool. Whether or not her in there, whether or not she was really getting whacked, that's all. It she could need. be her own paranoia. That's what I'm saying because she's on fucking because coke she's on and that shit. shit. She's on that shit. Absolutely. That is why I tell you every time I watch it, it's different. Mm-hmm. Whether she's, I think he really is gonna kill her or he's not gonna kill her. Now is the movie different or are you? Different? No, I'm definitely different. <laughs> Bitch, I'm different. I'm different. Different. <laughs> I would love to. Scorsese. I can't believe I just sang that. Scorsese, tell me. She about to get whacked or not about to get whacked? Oh, Jimmy. Right there. I'm in a hurry. My mom's watching the kids. The I'm going to get home. I'll come back later. Well, either way, it pushes them into the witness protection. I love those parts of a movie where me too. leave it up to interpretation. Me too. You don't find out until you talk to the actor or yeah. the director. Like Tom Hanks in Castaway at the end. You don't even know. What did he do? Don't they not get together? It's never. It's left uh, to the imagination. No, However, I know it's left for us, but I thought that There was like, an interview on Inside the Actor Studio where Tom Hanks answers the, that question. And he says, oh no, he went back and he had babies with that woman. Wait, well, yeah, like he fucking waited mm-hmm. too goddamn long <laughs> for that bitch. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so after this movie, oh wait, this Miss Lorraine Bracco. Oh, we're still on her. Okay, oh, absolutely. Go, 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 go. She was offered every role because she's amazing under the sun, but like every mafia role, yeah, every daughter, every wife, every. Mother, just everything. She said no to all of it. Well, I mean, she until the Sopranos. There you go. Now, and the day that she got off of the Sopranos, she straight up called her agent and told him, "I do not want to play um, Carmela, the wife. I want to play Doctor Melfi." Yeah, no, she was the the best psychiatrist. Yeah, no, she was the best psychiatrist. Mm And Absolutely. her character grows, and like you see how so she great. starts at the beginning, and she's just like, you know, you're my patient. Mm-hmm. Then she gets further and further into Deep this world into it, of dude. learning about everything that's fucking going on mm-hmm. to the point where her own life is starting to get fucking threatened in there, mm-hmm. where he has to go, like, y'all need to leave the fucking shit alone. Mm-hmm. Even though he can't tell anybody that he's going. Can't tell anybody that he's going to a shrink. I don't even want to get in, into The Sopranos because it has been quite a long time since I've watched it, but I did watch it because I fucking love this TV show. Look I love this you. movie. You. You're, You're good, good, you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Um, like I said, they kept this uh, movie all in the family. Uh-huh. Her daughter is in this movie. Her daughter is in the movie. Dude, you know why she brought her in? Because she didn't have time to spend with them. That's like, so sweet. She's like, look, I haven't spent time with my kids in weeks. Can you like... They're the same age as the kids that are supposed to be in this movie. Put them in this, this movie. fucking movie, please. Movie. And he's Just like, so I can see my kids for a hey, day. I wonder if they got paid. They might not have got I'm paid. I'm sure they did. They, they have just, to. They just added an extra zero to the This is a Warner Brothers check. project, dude. True that. It's a union. 
So if you want to know exactly which daughter is hers, it's the one that she's holding in her hand when she's going into Polly's house and Polly's trying to kiss the little girl and the little girl's like, eh, that's her daughter. She said that she thought it was a good idea until... Until. They did the scene where she's Janice Rossi and... <laughs> well, Dude. she starts yelling at fucking Janice Rossi over here in 2 all. She felt she really like, bad. Oh, maybe this was a bad decision. Because my daughter's looking at me like, what the <laughs> what fuck the is fuck? mommy Why is yelling? mommy yelling at the phone? Superintendent, <laughs> I just want you to know that you have a horn to awe. <laughs> my favorite. So It's a really great scene. But she goes off the rails a little bit. As she should as a wife. And that's not exactly something that you want your four-year-old daughter to see. Even though it's make-believe. She was little. She make-believe's hard yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, she cast her her kids in the movie. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, you want me? I need my kids." In here. Yeah, I kind of love that about this movie that every, they they kept it within the family as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And, and as far as the as far as the casting, as far as Scorsese's parents, yeah. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Everybody felt real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another one of my favorite portrayals of hers. Basketball Diaries. She's the mom. She plays Leo's mom, mm-hmm. yeah. Jim Jimmy's mom. And oh my god. That is a scene in cinema history. I feel like we when talked about comes, this. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about this scene before. When Leo comes to the door, he's strung the fuck out and he just wants a little bit of money. Yeah. And he's begging his mom. He's begging. He's threatening. He's guilting. He's pleading. He's doing everything he can to get money out of her. And she is trying with everything she has to not give him money because she knows that it's not going to help him. But at the same time, it's her little boy. And her heart is breaking on the other side of that door. She calls the cops. But before the cops show up, like right before she calls the cops, she actually gives in and she gives them the money. Do you think she did that because she wanted him to have it or because she had a clear conscience and be like, I still helped him even though I had him arrested, I still helped him? Yeah. (laughs) You're too drunk to think about it. No, I'm just saying, you know, we have people in our family who deal with this same disease and we mm-hmm. have mothers of those same people who Absolutely. deal with the same thing. Absolutely. And I would see them doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Calling the cops but still giving them the money. You're enabling them but trying to teach them a lesson which backfires because yeah. they don't learn a lesson I because love you gave you. them money. I want to help you but it's me giving you this money is not helping you. And therefore... It's easier you know. for me to give you the money and you take it and go away and come back in a couple months than me to sit here and actually help you. Mm-hmm. That's always what I see with that. But that's just my personal take on it. Sure. She does a fantastic job in that. We will do that movie soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a fun fact that has nothing to do with her. But I've been waiting to talk about it. Can I give you one more fun fact before we move on from yeah. her? So... Her, she, when she was on The Sopranos, her and James Gandolfini would rehearse damn near every night after they were done filming. Love it. Yeah. They would work on the scene for the next day. They would grab a bottle mm-hmm. of limoncello, <laughs> take some nice little uh, smooth <laughs> sips, and uh, 
they practice their scene. Yeah. What's more Italian than that? Huh? They would work on the scenes. I think that's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I did the limoncello in there, but I know. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Every I don't know. While, at least some wine. One day I'll meet her. Definitely at least some dinner. wine. Yeah. Give me that fun fact. Fun fact. So the real hijack of the Air France. It went down a little different than what we see in the movie. And I kind of wish they would have put the movie, the real version in there because it was pretty funny. So um, it wasn't as easy as the wise guys thought to get the keys to get into the vault to get the fucking shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So they found a guy who actually had the key. The guy that they hired or the guy you see in the movie is the guy who works at the front gate. But he wasn't the guy who had the key. Okay. So the guy who had the key could not be bribed. And they didn't really know what they were going to do to get him to give him the key. So they followed him and sat on him for a while and found out that this fool loved hookers. <laughs> and so they hired a hooker. They got this guy extremely drunk, dropped her off, dropped him off at a hotel with the hooker. And as he took his pants off drunkenly, she would take the keys out of his pocket so that they could make a copy of it. And by the time he was finished, the, his... Original key keys was back, were brought his, back into his pants. That's funny. And so they used these keys and they just walked into. But as much as Scorsese fought with the studio about the stuff that should go in and should go out of the movie, mm-hmm. I think that the hookers and copying the key scene would not have gone by very well. I think that he had to sacrifice something. I feel you. Because I'm sure he is well aware of this situation. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, of course. If I so know about it, in order to keep the spider scenes in, yeah, he probably had to sacrifice something. I just thought that was. I don't a know fun... if it was shot or not, but still, I, just... I didn't hear that it was. But yeah. I just thought that was a fun true fact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to know about the other one, the love. This full of love hookers. That's funny. <laughs> the other heist, the La Ferranza, lots. Lots of t- whatever uh-huh. heist. Um, <laughs> they got six million for it in 1978, right? Yep. And that would be like getting 24 million dollars today in oh. 2019. And uh, oh, ten people were killed in that crew. But a dream. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So ten people were killed in that heist because, uh-huh. well, Jimmy didn't want to share that fucking money. Yep. You can't blame a dude. Not at all. All right. Let's move on to Jimmy. Jimmy. Who's Jimmy? Al Pacino. You're funny. I am funny because Al Pacino was offered the role of Jimmy, (laughs) but uh, he turned it down because he didn't want to do any more mobster roles after doing, you know... uh, The Godfather. The Godfather. He didn't want to be typecast in that even though he has... has already been typecast. He's still doing the same... He's doing great things. This motherfucker's in The Irishman too. Yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, he has done so many for sure movies, but it would be kind of interesting to see Joe Pesci and oh, no Pesci, Al Pacino as Jimmy? As Jimmy. Uh I, don't I know. think that Robert De Niro did a better was job. uh correctly cast. Don't get me wrong, I love Al Pacino. But I mean, if Robert De Niro was like it. You know what? I just don't want to do it. Yeah. And Al Pacino did it. We still have a good movie. We still have a good movie. It'd just be a little bit different. It'd be a lot more of this yelling. Uh huh. Oh, I'm gonna have you job shithead. <laughs> hey, he was probably doing Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross at this time. 
And that's a great I fucking movie. I can't remember movie. what movie he was doing, but he was doing something else. Could have been doing that. Could have been doing Sin of a Woman. No, that was a little bit afterwards, I want to say. Sin of a Woman. Uh, could have been doing Heat. No, because Robin and Arrow's in that as well. Oh, you're right. He is. And then he's a little bit older also. They are a little well, Robert De Niro plays Jimmy Conway, and Robert De Niro is a osmosis type of actor. He wants the information. He wants every detail. And he would call uh, the producer four to five times a day to ask questions. How does Jimmy smoke his cigarette? How does he count his money? How does he do this? How does he do that? And it shows that type of detail in the movie. Can like, I give you an how does he pour his ketchup? There you go. Oh, you know what I'm talking That's about. That's what I was exactly what I was going to talk Dude, about. Because does he like pat it on the top? Does he or hit does, it on the side? Does he roll does it he through roll his it? hands? And the fact of the matter is he rolled it. Yeah. And he, we only know that because that's how it uh, He wasn't Daniel allowed to it. ask Henry, but he asked the producers, like, yo, how does he do it? And this is because uh, I believe the set designer wanted ketchup on the table for the breakfast scene where mm. they're at Tommy's mom's house. And the ketchup is on the table. And Robert De Niro, being the perfectionist that he is, that's mm-hmm. why him and Scorsese are such great team together. Also with Leo, Always. because they're just they're just they, they want grew up it in the perfect. same time. They grew up in similar neighborhoods. De Niro they knew about Scorsese's neighborhood. Yep. Scorsese knew about De Niro's upbringing. Mm-hmm. It was just it was meant to be. So the producer called Henry and was like, "Hey, girl, how does a uh, how does Jimmy you mean do- Irwin? Hey, hey, called Irwin up, call, called up Ir- Henry Winkler. <laughs> Henry Winkler." Hey, Fonz. So how does Jimmy <laughs> hit the fucking uh, ketchup bottle? And it was that way. And it just makes it, like I said, it was between 80 and 90% mm-hmm. accurate to the real shit. And just little things like that help its numbers. Dude, and they're so good in that scene. Yeah. Like the way they tie in Billy Bats. You know that's who they're comparing him to, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, he looks like somebody we he know. He looks like somebody we know. And Joe Pesci catches on immediately. Like, oh my god, that's you're him! Right. That's him right there. You take the white hair and the beard off, and that's him. And what does the camera do? It goes past it goes everybody through the to, window to yep, the trunk. To the to trunk. Sh- to just put that explanation mark on the end, like, yo, bitch, we're talking about the dude in the trunk that we saw killed the first two seconds of the movie. Uh huh. So, uh, Robert De Niro does such a fantastic job. Such in this a good movie. job, dude. Um, you see him age, you see him go from being like 23, come on, you guys, at the beginning, to being like, you know, in his 50s, then he's just there, mm-hmm. doing I his lo- shit. You know what I love? I love his scene when he finds out that Tommy's been whacked. And he pushes the phone booth over. He pushes the phone booth over, there's like so much anger and so much pain, and uh, he actually like openly weeps. Not because he wants to, not because he thinks that it's okay to do in front of Henry, but because he can't stop it. Because his his best friend has been murdered. Fuck. I can't fucking believe it. I can't fucking. That's why I think. That he wouldn't kill her. Yeah. 
The it's struggle is there, dude. He's fighting it. That's why I don't think he would kill her because you see how strong he is about Tommy. Mm-hmm. And Tommy came in the same in the picture around the same time as Henry. Absolutely. They grew up the same around the same time. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think that he would kill him because he is 51% friend and 49% like partner. Yeah. That's how I always, that's how I see it. Sure. That 1% makes you a friend, which means that I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to go and kill your wife. But, but I could be wrong. Time, I could be wrong. At the same time, he's facing life in prison if he I get doesn't. It. I totally get it. But never rat on your friends. That's yeah. fucking rule number one. Never rat on your friends. And but never... also, don't go against the family. They're all going against the family. That's all true. three of them are doing drugs. It's That's not true. like, you know, Henry's no, on Jimmy his own. No, Jimmy never did drugs. He doesn't actually do drugs. But he's he sells part of the it. selling. Okay. He's about that money. He loves so stealing. So he knows that if if Polly finds out, he's in as much trouble as fucking Henry. Absolutely. He's because in more trouble. He's he in more trouble. He would kill Jimmy before he would kill Henry. Yeah, because he'd be so pissed that you did this to me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's why he doesn't tell Polly. And Polly, Polly's scene of telling Henry, like, now nah, I have to turn my back on you. It's such ah, a great scene. $3,200. $3,200 for a lifetime. That was it. For a lifetime. For a lifetime. I do feel like he probably should have gave him a lot more money. I mean, that's what he had in his pocket. I get that. But you owe this guy. Even though he did go against your wishes. And you're writing him off as being like, hey, you gone. Give him enough money to buy more drugs to make more money. Or to, you know, set up a business, a restaurant. Something so that he can make himself. If you would have gave him a have He would have blown it anyway. He would have made more He's money. He's on that shit. He would have made more money because he would have bought more Maybe, drugs. But he would have. They were still selling drugs. But the fact of the matter is, he was slipping because he was on the drugs. I mean, eventually he would have. Eventually would have fucked up. Yeah. Just like uh, what's her name in Casino. Eventually the drugs take over, and that's all you she care about. She lost all her money, everything. Couple let's, of gold coins. That's all that was left. Let's start over. Let's do casino. Hold Here on. we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome Hello. to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. Yeah, right. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody that we should mention uh, before, you know, just a little honorable mention. Mr. Billy Bats. F- Billy Bats. Exactly. Frank Vincent. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt, you! Plays Billy Bats. Also Sopranos. Also Sopranos. Also uh, was thinking about playing the role of Polly. And Scorsese's like, you should play Billy Bats. And he trusted him. Uh, he trusted him and it was the right call. Here's the thing. Scorsese could say, hey girl, I need you to play a tree in the back. And I'd be like, you know what? That sounds like a perfect role for me. <laughs> I will be because the Because he bomb will feature that tree. tree. Number he will one. make sure that you shine and he will get you work afterwards. Just like Frank Vincent, who had like 40 movies after this. Constantly. And yep. do you know what else he shows up in? Mm. He shows in, up in the Wise Guy music video. I didn't get the... the when I showed you Joe Pesci's Wise Guy song, Okay. the video is like not on YouTube. Like I had to go somewhere else to... I went on World Star to find Did the you video. have to contact my buddy in Malaysia? I had to hit up World Star. <laughs> World Star... And it was on there. and um, But he is also in the video as like a wise guy standing in the back. Like, 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we talked about Willie Bax because yeah. um He's his, a great fucking character. He's only got a couple of time a couple of scenes, but he's really good. Well, he's a key murder because Absolutely. his murder basically starts the tumbling of is Tommy's the, downfall. Yeah. Now there's a bunch of like uh things that people talk about. Like rumors that go around about Tommy's murder, mm-hmm. that Polly had something to do with it, that he went to the other family, Mom Bob's family, and told him, hey, not only did he kill Billy Bats, but he killed this other guy who was John Gotti's friend. Oh, yeah, he was his. Um, like right hand man, like his psycho. His protege, so to speak. Yeah. And he Maybe. had him whacked. Maybe. And so Polly was just like, you know. I'm just gonna tell you, this dude killed two people. That I can't control this guy. It is what it is. It is what it is. If you want him, you can have him. Yeah. And that is Could've one been. of the rumors that happened. I kind of believe. I mean, that. it is his brother who pulls the trigger. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. But there also people say that John Gotti pulled the trigger. So I don't know. I mean, in real life, but in the movie. Oh yeah, in the movie, yes. So, who knows? Who knows? It's all left to interpretation. Who knows? Could be. <laughs> it's only the button. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not musical. <laughs> Under <month>. a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, a nice little fake gangs out there. Absolutely. <laughs> so, sadly, Frank Vincent passed away as well in 2017. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah, man. R.I.P. It's, it's about that time. I mean, this movie was made 30 years ago. <sighs> And some of the guys were veteran guys in the movie 30 years ago. You know, Frank Vincent happened to be one of them. Uh, But he did some great things before this. You know, he was in a lot of Scorsese movies. He was in Raging Bull. He was in Casino. He was in Goodfellas. He was even in Sopranos. You he, said it. Uh, you said it earlier. He has a bigger part in, uh, obviously, yeah. Sopranos. But yeah, he plays it, Phil. He has a bigger part in... Casino. Mm-hmm. He plays Joe Pesci's right hand man kind Frank. of deal. Yeah, who, Frank. Uh, Frank. Uh, Frank uh, Marino. Yeah, and he has a bigger part in. He actually kills Joe Pesci. In what? Casino. Oh yeah, with Fuck. the bats. Oh my god. So you know, a couple years later, he got his revenge. Oh, that scene, man, and that's probably one of those little Scorsese Easter eggs. I always thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been like, he killed your ass in Goodfellas. Five years later. And here you are. With a fucking baseball bat. And his murder's way worse. I mean, I don't know. Dude, it's mo- I can I don't know, barely Billy, watch that scene. That one is pretty hard. That's a brutal scene. But Billy Bats gets fucked the fuck up, put in a trunk, stabbed and shot. He doesn't go in trunks anymore, did you? Or, I mean, he's passed away since. <laughs> but he but- won't. After this, he would not go in a trunk. I don't blame that one. He had like he was claustrophobic after this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he gets shot and stabbed, buried. No, Tommy. Then no. six months later, no. they unbury him. Is still alive. I don't care how long it's been. They got to get it out of there. They're building condominiums. Hey, Henry, you want a wing or like? <laughs> Bleh. We'll go over to my mom's house. We we'll get something to eat. He's just fucking so oh funny. God. So That's funny. So funny. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy in this dark, dark ass movie. And I and I appreciate every bit of it. Well, uh, it is time to talk about our uh narrator, 
our, uh, I guess, leading man. Our anti-hero. Yeah, Mr. Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ray Liotta was not the first choice. No. Producers didn't want him. Producer was adamant about not having him. Uh-huh. Scorsese had to fight for him. Do you know how he got the job? I do. He... You want to tell it? Go for it. <laughs> do you like hearing me tell stories? I love listening to you tell okay. stories. So, uh, I'm going to sit here and drink my good fellow. You drink that good fellow because the producer of this movie went to dinner with his wife and happened to be in the same restaurant as Ray Liotta and whoever Ray Liotta was with. His mm-hmm. wife. I don't know. And uh, he gets up and goes to the producer's table and was like, can I, can I like talk to you? He's like, yeah, sure, dude. And they walk out front, outside, and Ray Liotta basically lays on him why he deserves to have Henry Hill. Mm-hmm. What he would bring to it, how he's going to portray this, how passionate he is about this movie, how I can be this character. I am this character. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that you want to say to any producer or director or anybody who's trying to give you, who's denying you a job. Yeah. So much so that... That night when he came home from dinner with his wife, the producer called fucking Scorsese and was like, all right. You're right. He's in. He said even though he knew that Scorsese wanted him and no matter what the producer did, even if he said no. He, he would have go- eventually he forced have- him down his throat. He would have had Ray Liotta on there just because that's yeah. fucking him. I don't know if Scorsese had final cut on this movie, but he had final cut. He had final movie. cut on this movie. You don't hire a Scorsese and don't give him final cut. Because that's not what you want him for. No, it's not what you hire him for. That's not you what you hire him, hire him for. for his point of view. You yeah. hire him for his art. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I love that story. I think Ray Liotta did a hell of a job. Yeah. Just put and him on the map. That scene where uh, they open up the trunk and they realize, you know, that he's still alive and they start stabbing him. And then they uh, pan up to Ray Liotta's face, face and then they freeze frame on him. So, in the book, that's in the middle. Okay. They brought it to the beginning on purpose because they didn't want to do the stereotypical thing of starting out with a kid who gradually ages up and progresses and this is his life. This is a defining moment not only in the movie but in the story, in the book, in Henry Hill's life. And I love the line that he says, you know, as long as I can remember, I've always wanted wanted to be be a gangster. gangster. Freeze frame. <laughs> There's a couple of freeze frames. Sure. And all the freeze frames are supposed to pinpoint a moment in his life where mm-hmm. he changes for the good or the better or the worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, like you said, like the beginning is them basically driving and hearing and killing. And when I first saw this movie Rhyming it. I'm sorry. When I first saw this movie, I was probably about twelve and I saw it with my cousin, who's passed away now, who's my younger cousin, Jonathan, yeah. and we watched it, and it fucking blew our mind. It made us wanted to be fucking gangsters, and they I they romanticize it. It very really does much. They make and because it seem like a life that is desirable, we, even though it's absolutely not. We spent a weekend in a cabin in the woods and the snow with our family, and we borrowed a friend's cabin, and one of the movies that they had in their repertoire of movies was Goodfellas, which we had never seen. Okay. Now I had seen Casino by then because I remember seeing Casino like as soon as it came on VHS, we had rented it and I watched it. Okay. But this one, 
it took me a minute to watch it. And from the first scene, me and my cousin like looked at each other like, what the fuck is this? Dude. Oh, my God. We're starting off the bat like, boom, we be killing people. And it's the person, the person you don't want to fucking kill. So I appreciate all of the things that he fucking did. So Ray Liotta, his mother died uh, while he was filming this movie. No. Yeah. And he used all that anger and built up oppression to do the pistol whipping scene of the neighbor across the street. I swear my fucking mother, if you touch her again, you're dead! That was a great fucking scene. Very great scene. And you great see fucking all scene. of the anger that he fucking has is because of that. Yeah. So when you see that, look at it a little differently. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting that you said that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of him in that scene. And that is like the meanest that we see his character. Mm-hmm. I want to know how Scorsese shot some of these scenes because the blood shows up immediately upon the impact of whatever the strike is. I watched that scene in slow motion. Spoiler, you guys. He's nowhere close to hitting fucking this dude. There, If you do it in slow motion, you can see that they're, he's not even close. Uh-huh. But as fast as he's doing it and the reaction of it looks really quick, uh-huh. good. But I was thinking the same thing. Where's the Where's blood the coming blood? from? There's no cut. There's no, like, it's coming out of his nose, so it's not in his mouth. Uh-huh. So he's not, like, biting down. I don't know. I don't know. Same thing with a Spider getting shot. The blood is there. It just shows up. Immediately. That one I can get because you can have like a pop, like someone from offset can push it so it looks like you get shot and blood comes out. I get sure. that. But coming out of the nose. Dude, how do they do that I shit? I don't know. I don't know, and I'm a filmmaker. Martin, hit us up, Marty. Yeah, Marty, if you could hit us up at lights camera cocktail, cocktail. no s uh at gmail.com, we'd love to know how you shot that, especially so that I can steal it later. <laughs> Help us out. Um so Ray Liotta has had a very successful career. I want to say he's had a hundred and sixty-two credits to his name, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh and uh one of the things that he's best known for is his piercing eyes. Mm-hmm. He's got great fucking eyes. Um, earlier in his career, it was his, uh, his skin, unfortunately. He's, uh, got a little, like, I don't know what you would call it, but, uh, it makes him into a character actor. You know what I want to know? What's that? What's happened to his face today? Have you looked at Ray Liotta today? No. He looks like he has, he's plastic. He looks weird. Has he gotten that work done? He got that work done. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Ray Liotta's face. Now? I mean, he's. Pr- I'm sure he's had work done. Just and I'm be sure, old. I mean, dude. One, you're an old white man, so an he's old one white of the man few can still work. men that I kind of can give a pass to because he had uh, that... Uh, like that scarring. scar tissue on his face from a very young age. So I'm sure it's an insecurity. I get it. You know. But him, I mean. It's probably Henry been set Hill, in his mind for the last like 30 years. He's fine as fuck. He looks so cute in this movie. Like I would fucking marry him. He's just so cute. But looking at his face now, I'm like, what the fuck did you do, right? 
I don't know. Whatever he's done, though, he's still working. He's still working. He's been on everything, dude. He's, he's got been commercials. On the Simpsons. For... He's been on Modern Family. Yeah. He's been on uh uh what's that uh the adorable redhead uh Kimmy Schmidt show. He's on Kimmy Schmidt. He he did a little like uh, guest star on Kimmy Schmidt. Um, he did like Shades of Blue. He's done everything. He's yeah. got a couple of yeah. uh, projects coming out right now. He played a doctor in one movie. I can't remember what it was, but I thought he did a fantastic job. You know what I love him in? What's that? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. What is, what is that movie? Here, have a drink. You'll remember. You know. Now yeah, get out of here. <laughs> the one with Denzel. Which one? The one. That one? The one where... John Q. John Q, that's it. That's the only one I can think of right now. I was like, that's the only one. That was one. a Hail Mary. That was a Hail Mary. And because you... I just said that he played a doctor. Maybe that was the movie I was thinking of. He's not a doctor. Oh, then I don't fucking know. James Wood is the doctor. Oh, yeah. He's yes. also in Casino. Fucking I fucking love that prick. guy. Oh. I love that dude. Anyway, but yeah. No, he plays like the commissioner or someone in the police department. He okay. does a great job in it. And he looks good then, too. He could have just stopped at whatever that was. Sure. But, you know, that stuff doesn't last. Preventative maintenance. I don't know. I don't know. I'm black. We don't do that shit. No. Nope. Some well, people do. Either way, he's got five projects up in uh, post-production, completed. He's got a movie called Broken Soldier that's uh, coming out soon. I'm curious. I got a question. What's that? I've heard that... If Scorsese likes you, he uses you again. Mm -hmm. This not only goes for actors, but this goes for crew members as well. Okay. Does he not like Ray Riotta? I don't know. I have no idea. I've maybe, never seen that fool again. Maybe he just couldn't find another. I mean, Ray Liotta is a very particular type. Maybe he just couldn't find another role for him. Oh, I hope you liked him because I like I love him in this. I movie. think he did a great job. Well, I am out. Oh my god, dude, this movie, you guys! Because uh, we, are long we are long into this episode. I mean, it's a two-hour and twenty-five-minute movie. I tried. It's to be expected, guys. I really and tried. There is so much that we skipped over. We did, but I just wanted to make sure the things that I really loved the were important. mentioned. Yeah, because I love this movie. I got only one more fun fact, and we can move on. We can just can shoot this shit. My drink is done. My second drink is done. Fuck. So at the end of the movie, one of the last things that showed is Tommy pointing his gum at the camera and he's shooting it. Pow, 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 pow. Get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. Mm -hmm. Into the camera. Do you know what he's talking? What he's, I do. All right. Well. But that's because I did my research. The people don't know. Tell they the don't know. Okay. Tell the people. So this is a nod to the Great Train Robbery from 1903. It was a short film. And if I'm not mistaken, this was when cameras were, you know, film was actually beginning, becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not Motion pictures. If I'm not mistaken, it has a shot of a train coming down the tracks and it fucking... It scared the living daylights out of people as well. And the shot of Tommy shooting the gun was the last bank robber or train robber shooting into the camera. I got you. And that's a nod to that. Way to go, Scorsese, going way back to the fucking Ot 3. <laughs> for people who've never even heard of this movie. 
Those Saturday movies, yo. Those Saturday movies, yo, was the thing for him. All right, so. Dude, I'm drunk. Chase is drunk. <laughs> I'm feeling myself. I got a lot to edit this week. Jesus. Um, Lord, help me, Jesus. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? I don't know how good I can do this scene. <laughs> My friends all got... Well, okay, get your life together. Drink some some uh, water. As we talk about... Where the fuck is he? <laughs> I'm supposed to be like, I've saved this on here for this reason. So we got Johnny Walker tonight. Johnny Walker, he be walking with that fucking scotch. We got some... Lauren Dew. Lauren Dew. Lauren Dew. Cognac. Cognac. We got some Jameson. Product of France in Zen's Jameson. And we got the oh homemade lemon cello. Okay. I got like five minutes left in there. All right. Well, I'm about to take one right now. Okay. So <laughs> it's time for Z for the people. Uh, so this uh, Z for the people is by Martin Scorsese and it's the World Cinema Project. And this was a Martin Scorsese's project that is to preserve old film from way back when, um, all over the world, not just American film, but French and French films, Japanese films, Korean films, films, Chinese films, all these amazing films, films, all of the films that uh, were basically dying over time. Him, they weren't being preserved. Preserved. He is taking these movies and preserving them and putting them into vaults so that generations to come can enjoy these movies. Like And learn from them. Yeah. Learn from them like The Great Train Robbery from 1903. Not, I mean, I'm sure that's in there. I don't know if it is, but the fool have seen it. I'm sure it's in there. Um, his love for film goes beyond anybody's measure. Absolutely. And he just wants to make sure that when he dies, his legacy is left with mm. all these other great directors. Over I time. Agree. Even though he is one of the highest paid directors who has over $100 million in the bank. I think it's like 300 and something million dollars in the bank. Highest paid director out there next to like, you know. I'll say this. He has grossed a hell of a lot more than that for these studios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's so to the point that, like, he gets at least 10, this sounds really small, $10 million per movie. And if he goes over budget, he pays the studio. It's in his contract. Yeah. But wow. I would make sure that my budget's high because you better it's a give me percentage of the profits. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. If I'm, not, if I'm shouldering the expenses, mm-hmm. you're giving me a percentage of the profits. Oh, yeah. Matter so, of fact, I would agree to that. I would negotiate that beforehand. So, yeah, that is the World Cinema Project. World Cinema Projects. So if yeah. you want to donate your time or money or film that you... I don't know. I don't know how they do it. If you want to donate any of the motherfucking shit, then you go to cinema.org slash Scorsese, Martin Scorsese. Didn't fucking do that shit. Fuck, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm it's drunk. It's rough, dude. This good fella is a. Uh, it's not to be. It's not a good fella. I feel fucked. <laughs> it's a rough drink. Like it's great going down, but ooh, do I feel dizzy a I little feel, bit? I feel. I feel. How do you feel right now? I feel good. I know that you don't. I don't. I feel drunk. 
Okay, so please <laughs> send your Hollywood closing hours to a lights, camera, cocktail, noes at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube. We're all there. Um, and we're lights, Podbean. camera, we're lights, camera, cocktail podcast. Please listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes. You're listening to us. I don't know why the fuck I'm even telling you this shit. Tell a friend. Pretty Spread much. the word. Spread that the is word. Lights, camera, cocktails. Cocktails. <laughs> fuck. All right. So I don't know how this this oh, scene's gonna go, but oh my god, let's do this. Oh my god, I need like a glass of water and a shower right now. Dibs. I'm you go, go first. Yeah, go first. Brother's got work in the morning. I understand. I'm gonna have oh a nice god. hungover sleep tomorrow. So I'm so glad that we've done so many episodes of this that we can kind of do this while we're drunk because I this is this is a different kind of drunk that I'm feeling right now. And we're not even drinking gin. We're and not. that usually is the fucked up. That's the one that fucks with me. That's, That's the, the one, one that gives me like muscle spasms. And I don't like, like chest pains and shit. <laughs> I found some other ones that had gin in it. And I was like, mm. no. Yeah, and I found Be this nice. one. It had no gin in it. Just brown shit. Okay, you ready to do this scene? No. It's Christmas month, people. We're getting to December. It is time to do our Christmas movies, and I'm very excited about the lineup that we have. Well, We've chosen Christmas. some great movies for you. Where have you gone? Oh. Another year older. All right, that's next year. Next week. Next week. A new one just begun. A very merry Christmas. Very, very merry Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I'm so drunk. And a happy new year. Oh, you got such a better voice than I do. Oh, thank you. You made me feel good. Okay, where's my phone? I got to call you. Okay. Oh, my God. And I have to do this motherfucking accent right now. Are you kidding me? I'm just making sure I say the name correctly. I'm going to say this right now, people. I have never attempted to learn how to do this accent. So I'm sorry if it comes out bad. You guys will get what he's getting at. I just oh want to say that you'll get what god. you'll get what he's trying to do. Oh my god! Okay, especially at the his last. <laughs> and we had this memorized, but we're fucking drunk right mm-hmm. now. That's why I'm relooking at the name because I keep I mess it up. Sober me messed it up. <laughs> you want to read it over real quick? No. I we're just going to go for it? We're fucking hitting it and quitting it. Okay, but don't go off of the script. Go off of memory. We got this. You got this. I believe in you. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. All right, here we go. Merry Christmas, Langston residents. Uh, hi. Uh, Ted? Hey, Howard. Hey, buddy. How's it going? How's it going out there? Everything okay? Uh, Yeah, fine. Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Can you get her on the phone, please? Mmm, mmm. cookie, excuse me. Your wife's cookies are out of this world. Mm. Well, who told you you could be eating my cookies? Well, you know, I'm helping out in the kitchen, and Liz is baking up a storm. Mm. Ted, listen to me. I need to speak to my wife. Can you get her on the phone, please? Um, I think she's in the shower. You want me to go get her, Howard? No! I mean, no. That's fine. On your way out, tell her that I'm going to be a few minutes late, but she shouldn't worry. Why would she worry? I'm here. Uh, mm, mm. 
Oh, you cookies. I got to get the recipe from your wife. Put that cookie down. Now. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> oh. All right, you guys. That's all we got. <coughs> That's it. We oh done. my god. I'm I tired. Am so drunk and I'm tired. Drunk. Honestly, I could use a beer and a lie down. I could use some water and a lie down. <laughs> All right, you guys. We are out of here. We yes. tried to get this done as quick as possible. I'm sorry. Wasn't that quick, but then again, it's not a quick movie. It's not. Very detailed movie. We love you guys. We thank you. We yes. appreciate you. Please keep listening to us and keep spreading the word that is Light Scammer Cocktails. Cocktails. We are out of here until next week. Yes. We will see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Janice Rossi. Oh, Janice fucking Rossi. Off in four and two off. <laughs> you are a whore. Wow. Get your own man. <laughs> you really are a funny guy. <laughs>